3: It's time to add some spice to your Nooner. Nooner. (laughs) Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice.
1: And here we go. Another edition of Rothman and Ice. Happy Monday to you. Hope you had a nice weekend. Maddie Ice joining you right now. My man AR with a much-deserved day off. So it's only right. We use the phone. We mm. open that outfield door and we mm. call to the bullpen and hit our mm. guy up. Jensen Lewis, AKA JLU, Indians live analyst, multi Emmy award winner. Go follow him on Twitter right now at JLU50. My man, what's going on? All is good, my man. Uh, it is uh, the week is upon us. Trade deadline week.
0: Uh, the thirtieth can't get here fast enough. We've already seen some wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Uh, a couple of big names already going uh, to a, to different squads, and I, I would say that's just a preamble. Uh, to what we are likely to see here in the next 48 to 72 hours.
1: We will definitely pick your brain on that. Jay Lou had people reaching out to me on, over the weekend asking, did I know anything about J. Ram and is he still going to be around and all of that. So I will hand that off to you eventually, And I want to use the word eventually because, J. Lou, these are the days that we live for right here as sports fans to where there is so much going on that I don't know when we get to the finish line if we're going to have everything accomplished because there's just too much to get to on a day like today. So here's what we have coming up on our show. 12.33, we'll talk to Brian Hedger, covers all things Blue Jackets. We will cover that for you as much as we can because it was a... An exciting weekend for our beloved Jackets. We'll talk to him here in about a half an hour. 133, Paul Dana from down in Cincinnati covers the Bengals over there for the athletic. We'll get a preview for training camp as they get going. And then at 233, we'll talk to Brad Crawford who covers college football for 24 seven sports because there's so much momentum Right now, behind this Oklahoma, Texas, and SEC new marriage that's on the horizon, that we have to unpack that as well. But before we dive into sports stuff, how was the weekend, my man?
0: Weekend was great. Um, this was the rare, uh, I, th- I want to say that we went 30 out of 31 days where we had games uh, and so we had uh, the uncharacteristic national game Saturday, uh, the uh, obvious day game yesterday, and then another off day. So us getting two off days in three days is is basically unheard of. So uh, glad you're uh, keeping me busy for uh, the next three hours, Matty Ice. But yeah, it was, good, it was a good one. Uh, let me tell you this, just from yeah. a baseball side, when you look at at, at the Indians and in their couple of weeks going into the All Star break, and then these first three series out of the all-star break. I mean, it was a guillotine, absolute murder's row. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they they took it on the chin, you know, for three nights uh, against the Rays, they were able to get some late offense and and come out with a victory to avoid the sweep yesterday. Uh but now kind of a chance to catch their breath, to get a quick two-game series against the Cardinals starting tomorrow night. Uh and then another off day before they'll go back to the Windy City and face the White Sox and get back into the divisional uh games there with the trade deadline on the 30th. So Um, yeah, it's, it's been, I'll tell you this, Matty, obviously we did 60 games last year in the pandemic shortened season. It Mm -hmm. felt like right when we started to hit our stride, the season was over. You know, it it was crazy. Like, okay, we're in, we're in rhythm now. Oh, wait, sorry. You got no more games this year. I feel like. I feel like 100 games has gone by mm-hmm. in two months. Yep. It, it literally has gone in a blink of an eye, and now we're down You know, basically the final two months of the regular season. So it's gone fast for me. I don't know about you as far as watching it and feeling like, man, we're already at the deadline. Like, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. It's
1: gone really fast. 100% with you on that vibe. And where we were last year, it's crazy when they were – at this point of the year, not this point of the year, last year, but earlier in this season when they started throwing up graphics about what guys were doing in a 60-game window last year, and I had that feeling of, man, we're already to that point, point. Yeah. and it's crazy. When you play 162 of these things, you get it rolling, and you know better than I do. That thing is going to go blind in the blink of an eye, so can't wait to talk about that with you later. You mentioned the trade deadline stuff coming at us right now. Cleveland right now nine games back in the Central, and then you've got the Red Legs right now six and a half back in the other Central on uh, the National league side of things so both teams still hanging around but I think both clubs J. Lou have interesting decisions that they can make in front of them as far as obviously their future goes and wanting to offload any assets that they may have right now so we'll definitely unpack all of that my weekend was good man can't complain too much a lot of sports stuff happening which I love I think my biggest beef From the weekend was. Had a nice little brunch event with the guys yesterday. Always a good time. You know, you get the early day drinking going for those guys. Drinking mimosas and all that, J. Lou. Everything was good. Here's my beef. Is my guy didn't have any scrambled eggs at this brunch. We had everything else. (laughs) French toast, pancakes, bacon, sausages, the whole layout. And I'm thinking, well, can we get some eggs in this joint, man? That was my only beef. Everything else was fine this weekend. No scrambled eggs for your boy was a problem.
0: Sounded uh, that sounds just eclectic, right there, buddy. Uh, you know, car loading central—that's good stuff. Yeah, dude. Um, by the way, the other thing too—I yeah. started looking ahead to uh, uh, to Browns road games mm. because you know fans obviously going to be allowed to to go back at 100 percent capacity. Yeah. Uh, your boy may be in Pittsburgh on uh, January third, okay? Uh, where the uh, the Browns may be playing for playoff positioning there against the Steelers, but outside chance your boy may be able to score tickets to SoFi. to see the Chargers and the Browns in L.A. Yeah, Uh, That is uh, October 10th right there just going out west. Let's see what's up. Uh, Pivotal game. Might be seeing uh, Justin Herbert. I like him for the MVP this year. Uh, So we could be seeing... How about this? You could be seeing a a Comeback Player of the Year candidate uh, in Baker Mayfield and maybe even a Dark Horse MVP candidate along with Herbert. Matchup of those two young guns right there. And and again, I I love the Chargers this year. I think they're vastly improved. I think they're going to be a force out west i don't think you can just hand the division to kansas city i think that's going to be a lot more competitive than people realize but yes uh here now they're printing super bowl tickets already matty ice up here in northeast ohio because as you know berea gets underway with training camp here yeah. in a week. Yeah. Uh, they will not lose a game all year. Maybe they'll lose one or two. Mm. Uh, you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kool-Aid is, uh, it's, flowing. it's probably similar to how those mimosas went yesterday. Very easy, yeah. very smooth. <sighs> yeah. Uh, but it is out in force for sure.
1: I love it. I love the hype. I love this portion of the year of where we are as sports fans right now. Because you and I are talking about all this stuff, J.L. We haven't even mentioned the Olympics yet. And that is just in the background of everything going on. But I'll hit you with this. Because I love that you mentioned Ben Baker potentially being a comeback player of the year. The Browns could have two other guys on their team, too, that could possibly win that award. Yeah. Your superstar wide receiver in Odell. And how about if Jadavion Clowney comes out and racks up 10, 11 sacks, playing next to Miles Garrett with the career that he's had and all the injuries Mm. that he's had. I think there are some candidates on the Browns. You could look at it and make a case for all of those guys. Baker definitely would be the leader in the clubhouse because he plays quarterback. But if Odell comes out and has a spectacular year like we've seen from the past and we get Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney cook it up, and Jadavion Clowney starts to get in the spotlight week in and week out, I think there could be a little in-house battle there for that award up there in the land.
0: This is a, a fascinating group because there wasn't a ton that they really needed to do on offense, and, and they literally haven't done much outside of the draft. Uh, they wanted to shore up a, a secondary that was racked with injuries. They've done that. Uh, and speaking of, uh, LA, I mean, we, we've talked about this. You and I have AR has. They've just basically rated, you know, the LA Rams secondary. And so now that's in place here. You get a couple of key guys back from injury. Grant Delpit. It's going to be great to see him back. Uh, Newsom signed his deal. So he's in now. Uh, it, it's been a long time since we've been able to talk about depth in yeah. the secondary for the Browns. And, and I think when you look at, and we've we've basically said the top four teams in the AFC are the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Browns. Okay, so you've got two uh, of those four teams in one division there, obviously with the Ravens and the Browns. And and what do those three teams, as far as Kansas City, Buffalo, and Baltimore, do? Well, two of them can throw uh, downfield uh, as good as anybody in the NFL. In Kansas City and Buffalo, uh, Baltimore with Lamar uh, can beat you a lot of different ways. And and if there is any any, I think. Uh, a question mark that we want to see answered early as far as the division is concerned, will the Ravens have a downfield passing mm-hmm. game? Because if they do that, mm-hmm. then, my God, are they even scarier than I think people are giving them credit for. I think they may be the overlooked team of the big four in the AFC. Now, that might be a hot take, and I'm fine with that. But, but think about it. Everyone's talking about Kim Mahomes and the boys get back with the new offensive line. Yeah. Josh Allen took the next step. Uh, they, they come into this season a, as a heavy favorite to go and repeat uh, in the AFC East and, and possibly get back to the, to the AFC title game. Uh, the Browns, uh, because of all the talent, because of Clowney coming in, because of the draft and the free agency, uh, it it's basically on a platter mm-hmm. for Baker Mayfield. If it's not this year, when will it be? So uh, I'm with you. This is this is a fascinating training camp in the next uh, you know month or so. Yeah. Uh, I think that that it's the most competitive division right now. Uh, in the AFC, considering that uh, we we need to give Pittsburgh their due, I don't I don't think you can just write them off because when Big Ben's healthy, he finds ways. And that you know you've been high on that young receiving core. Yeah, you, I know you have. Yeah, and and I think people need to take note of that too. And then it doesn't look like Joe Burrow is going to play in the preseason. Um, you know we can talk uh, a little bit with Paul uh, in the one o'clock hour about that. Get the latest. But uh, if you take the Bengals' offense for granted this Ugh. year. I I think you're in trouble, especially in the third and fourth quarter, because they're going to want those guys to play together for the majority of those first five to six games for just synergy, let alone if they air it out, man, that's as good a wide receiving core as any in the AFC.
1: I can't remember who was the exact ESPN analyst that dropped the Joe Burrow is going to have the best statistics of all the AFC North quarterbacks this year as far as passing yards goes, maybe passing TDs and all of that. But I agree with that. I I really do. Because of what you said, J. Lou. and, And it's the guys that they have around this young quarterback who showed so much promise a year ago before that unfortunate injury. And I can't wait to see what unfolds over the next few weeks here in both Pittsburgh and Cincinnati when it comes to what we hear about how their offensive lines are taking form because we know that Cleveland hands down has the best offensive line in the division and that's such a great thing for them to have when they have the beast coming out of the backfield that they do in both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt but if Cincinnati and Pittsburgh can get to a much better place than where they were with the five hogs up front, That I think both teams are going to have very explosive offenses. And when you look at the four teams in this division and what they have the ability to do week in and week out with the ball in their hands, it's a scary sight because you got two physical bruising teams in Cleveland and Baltimore that want to come beat you down and take your pride from you when they play you on Sundays. And then you have... Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and both of those wide receiver rooms I think are very appealing and both of them have at least a rookie running back that people are high, high on and a Joe Mixon guy who we know can be a thousand yard back and we'll see what he can do in the passing game as well. So this can be a high flying explosive Type of division this year if two teams being Pittsburgh and Cincinnati get their offensive lines to join the party because like you mentioned with Lamar, JK, that rushing attack, they're going to be at the top of the league in what they do there. Who knows what they get from Rashad Bateman, their first run pick out of Minnesota. Maybe that takes them to another level and I think Cleveland is as well-rounded as it can get and especially when you start sprinkling in, sprinkling in the potential of an Odell Beckham Jr. now. So it's a fun division. Training camp is here. We will keep you guys up to date on everything Everything that happens in that 12-3 to 3 window because there's there's a ton that goes down during our time when we get to training camp. Football's in the air, J. Lou. This is what we love, man. We are getting to the thick of it right here. But when we come back, a very, very busy and exciting weekend for our Blue Jackets. We'll dive into it next. Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan.
3: This is Ohio State football coach Ryan Day on your home for Buckeye football, The fan. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. Just a couple of guys whose love for fantasy sports may exceed their love for real sports. This is Rothman and Ice.
1: Welcome back in. Matty Ice, Jensen Lewis, hanging out with you on a Monday. Hope you guys had a great weekend. You a summer or winter Olympics guy?
0: i uh, usually been a summer guy. Yeah. Uh, so, swimming gymnastics yeah. um by the way can we talk about uh, your basketball boys right now
1: yeah that's kind of where i was gonna go for a second and uh <laughs> Jeez. the uh, the pain that's coming over my body watching these dudes Oof. not get it done they fall no. to france yesterday now look we know it's been a ton of time on it. they got some recognizable names rudy gobert evan fournier they got some dudes over there But I don't know what the heck is going on, J. Lou, and especially when you got Greg Popovich roaming the sideline. This is a guy that you would think would be able to figure it out now. It may not be as easy as the other teams have made it look, but you would think when you have the likes of a Kevin Durant, a Jason Tatum, a Bradley Beal, you would think these guys would be playing at a much higher clip, but they are stanky right now, J. Lou.
0: Not good. Yeah, definitely not good. So uh, hopefully they can turn around here and pool play. But yeah, this is probably the first Olympics, Maddie, And maybe it's just because uh, you're know, right in the thick of baseball season here. Yeah. You know, we've been, been doing a lot of work uh, on that side, obviously with you guys too. And and that might be the reason I have not been able to catch. That's the other part of it too. When it's halfway across the world mm-hmm. and, and just the timing, right? You know, I love watching the live you know, portions, especially the the, the relay races uh for swimming, uh, even, you know, track and field as you get towards the end of the games when you got the big relays at right. the end that final yeah. week. <laughs> it's great. Um I mean Simone Biles is even coming out for women's gymnastics. I mean you you want to talk about yeah. someone who has you know, everyone is expecting her to dominate and she even said she's like, listen, I I literally feel the weight of the world on my shoulders right now. <laughs> uh I think everyone expects her to come up uh, and, and get that gold medal, but uh it, it I just have not been I have not been so tuned into it this time around. Uh and and maybe because the you know there's no fans there the atmosphere is a bit weird. It just feels like I'm reliving the pandemic and I I guess mentally and visually I just don't want to see that. I anymore. get that.
1: No, I I totally I totally understand that. I I think part of it What's great for me is that it's on all day. So it's got like kind of that March madness. Hey, when you yeah. want to go something live, you can sure. always pop on the Olympics and kind of be entertained by some sports that we may not tap into the way we do everything else. And boy, do we need to tap in on what's going on with our Blue Jackets right now. Because it was quite the weekend. Bottom of the hour, Brian Hedger will hop on with us from the Columbus Dispatch, covers the team backwards and forwards, who has some great stuff for you there. J. Lou, we had the draft, we had trades. It was on and popping in the Blue Jacket streets this weekend. I want to start with the move that surprised me. And it was the Cam Atkinson deal. Mm. And I know for a lot of people, you're not probably feeling this deal. And I totally understand why. Because who this guy was to the team, who this guy was to the city, and the vibe that he gave off that he really enjoyed his time here playing for the Blue Jackets and being in Columbus. And I know that that's such a big deal for a lot of Blue Jacket fans. And it should be because we've been through some situations here over the last couple seasons to where we've had the Panerants, the Bobs, the Duchesnes, the other guys to where that narrative has been surrounding our team and our city and even Recently, with Seth Jones again, who we'll get to here in a few minutes. But the Blue Jackets do trade Cam Atkinson to Philly for Jacob Vorchek. And it's a one-for-one deal. And what we're being told, Jay Lou, is that this is something that could potentially benefit Patrick Laine. With the way that Vorchek plays and his ability to distribute the puck around and really get guys in good positions and put the puck on their stick the way that they like it in a timely fashion. So the emotional part of this I know is tough for a lot of people, but when you zoom out for one second and you look at what Yarmo and JD and company may be looking at as far as, hey, one of your better players, we want to make him as comfortable as we possibly can on the ice. Let's bring in a guy that could help out Line A as much as we can I can understand it, but still, J. Lou, I was very surprised when this news came down on Cam.
0: Yeah, when you hear Cam talk about it, uh, and I think the quote that just stands out is he said it seemed just like the band was breaking up, and, yeah. and I didn't expect this. So you even you said off the top here, you know, the one that surprised you, and and there you go, right from uh, the horse's mouth. I mean, I think Cam can I mean, see. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall, but maybe he thought that. Uh, he was the one guy that made sense to stay, uh, but Yarmo and, and this front office clearly uh, going in a different direction. And and here's the interesting part of. Where Patrick Laine and now Voracek, who again about the same with their same age, they've both played you know ten years. These guys are are you know real cornerstones of of being those wing position players and and I think I uh, probably they're a little worried about Atkinson's uh, production as far as goals. Uh, he was what under a goal per sixty minutes I think for the first time ever uh, in his career the last season or two. So I'm sure offensively when you're looking to try and jumpstart this group uh, and you have such a prolific guy in Laine, you want to Put somebody with him that's going to allow him those chances night in and night out. So, so that's a big one. But I, I think the seismic one, and, and we can jump into this too. Uh, you know, with uh, with Brian as well. When you look at what you got for Seth Jones, and, and 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 we we kind of talked about this for a month or two leading up. You felt that. It wasn't a matter of if. It was a matter of when and where. And the where was the most important part because you were thinking, what the heck are we going to be able to get back? Mm-hmm. And "And will it be worth – is the juice going to be worth the squeeze? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, yeah. but uh, you can underline Blockbuster two or three times because it gets three first-rounders mm-hmm. sending him to Chicago. And then to see what those picks – when you 5, five, twelve, and twenty-five, mm-hmm. and you get three top twenty-five guys as far as what the rankings were, yeah. Uh, and the two, the first two guys that you get in Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger, uh, from from what I've seen. Uh, basically, You don't want to use slam dunk on this, mm-hmm. but I like the baseball termino- terminology. They're saying they're home runs, uh, and that that is fantastic.
1: Hearing the exact same things, and I love that they're addressing the center position, or at least they did address the center position here in the draft, because when you talk about Ken Johnson and the excitement around his name in the Blue Jacket streets right now, it's through the roof. And then when you go check out what this guy has the ability to do it, already has done on the levels of hockey that he has played at, man, I can see why a lot of people are excited because it's a skill set, Jay Lou, that we've been wanting and needing on a consistent basis. Got a little sliver of it there with Panarin. We've seen flashes from line A. Let's see if we can get more from him night in and night out in that realm as well because we know his shot is absolutely spectacular. But when you throw on the highlights of Ken Johnson, who plays his hockey up there at the University of Michigan. And look, Jaylee, they had a monster first round in the draft. Those first few moments of the draft, it was Wolverines flying everywhere off the board. But this guy, man, eventually when we see him, who knows, 2022, 2023, whenever we see this kid, you just hope that he stays healthy until then and he really his body starts to mature and all of that, man. Because like you said, Jaylee, when you throw on the highlights of this dude, you cannot help but get excited about what he is going to do because we've been searching for power play answers, consistent mm. goal scores for a few years now, and I'm so glad that they looked at the board and said, this is a guy that we think is going to give us the best opportunity to do that. So yeah, I've watched his highlights a couple times. It is absolutely exciting uh, stuff when you watch him play, and then you mention Cole Sillinger coming in, and it's great when you talk about the history of his pops playing 17 years in the league. Spent a little time here in Columbus. He's from Columbus, so you love seeing that at 5 and 12 there. I just think what I'm hoping for, Jay Lou, is that over the next season or two, You start to see this team headed in the right direction under Larson and who seems to be a guy that's hired at the right time. But my expectations are not crazy high right now. Let's get the new faces in here. Let's get eventually these new young faces blended in with some veteran pieces down the road, and let's see where we're at two years from now.
0: Yeah, blend. I think that's the key term is you're going to have a youth movement now. You you know it's a changing of the guard, and you're going to have some growing pains, but you've got a patient guy. In Brad Larson, he's been through the system. He understands uh, the city and and the organization about as well as anybody could coming in here to to be able to get uh, these these new players up to speed and and how they want to play. But y- you can dream on this group a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can you're going to be excited to see what they're able to. Do. You got the number two and number nine ranked prospects in the draft Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean your first two picks so I think I think you can really and I'm I'm anxious to talk to Brian about it because I'm sure he's got a lot more insight but if you're going to take Seth Jones and turn him into three first rounders and if two of these three end up becoming big time studs uh, you make this trade 10 out of 10 times
1: Brian Hedger covers the Blue Jackets for the dispatch he'll hop on next still a lot more to unpack from a very very busy Blue Jackets weekend we'll tap in with him next it's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan
3: Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year. Given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The Fan. They're both former athletes for a reason. Good thing they can talk
1: sports. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Welcome back into Rothman and Ice. Time for us to head to the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and link up with our guy, Brian Hedger, covers... Our beloved Blue Jackets over at the Dispatch. Hedge, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good man. Really good. So much to unpack from this weekend when it comes to the Blue Jackets. I want to start with you with the Cam Atkinson trade. On a scale of one to ten, how surprised were you when the trade came down? And what do you think of the player we're getting back in return in Mr. Jacob Forchek?
4: Well, I you know, when it first you know, started coming out there that it was happening, uh, I would I would say that I was pretty surprised. So I'd put it up closer, not quite a 10, but maybe an eight or a nine you know, up there because that's a guy that you just don't, you know, necessarily look at the the jackets and say, hey, yeah, they're going to trade this guy. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that was here for 10 years. And, I mean, you, you talk about people leaving Columbus and everyone says, why is everyone leaving Columbus? And he's like the chief guy out there saying, you know, I love it here, and I want to stay here, and I plan to stay here my whole career. So you kind of figure, like, you know, that guy's not untouchable, but um, you figure he's going to be around. But this just proves, you know, it is a business, and uh, when the right deals come along, you know, guys can be moved. Um, And as far as Voracek goes, sorry about that. As far as Voracek goes, um, I like him. You know, as far as uh, they, they do need, and what Yarmo Kekalina was saying um, later that day, of was day two of the draft, and what he said when he talked to us then, well, and I wrote about this, was, that, you know, Voracek has an, a unique ability to kind of get that seam pass across from one side to the other for one-timers, and the jackets were lacking that. I mean, they they didn't really have uh, somebody who could do that, and, and it honestly goes back to when they had Artemi Panarin. Uh, they got Artemi Panarin from the Blackhawks. I, I actually covered Artemi with the for the Blackhawks or when the with the Blackhawks uh, for two years there. And he he has a really really big one timer. People don't necessarily see that now because he's turned into kind of a Patrick Kane type from the left wing. But when he came over, he had just a monster one timer on that left wing circle, and he was getting fed all the time by Patrick Kane from the right wing circle with the left hand shot coming through uh, what's called a seam pass. And when he went to when he came to Columbus they didn't have anybody who could get that, that was confident enough in their ability to get that seam pass across or if it wasn't, maybe it wasn't the design quite the design of their, their power play. But they weren't getting him across to him, and his one-timer was basically taken out. And I feel like that was part of the issue with Line A as well. I mean, Line A is lined up there in the left wing with that big right-hand shot, huge one-timer. And they need to get somebody who can feed that puck across and get some goals out of that, that way. And, and, you know, Jarmo was saying that Voracek's one of the guys in the NHL who can do that. So we're going to see if that's the case.
0: Uh, Brian, sorry, my apologies. I mean, to jump in and cut you off there. It's Jensen. Uh, so yeah, we go from one trade that was kind of a surprise to one that we, we probably expected to come. We just didn't know the destination and what the return can be. But my goodness, uh, when you hear Seth Jones to the Blackhawks for three first round selections and then to see what those picks turned into, uh, I know a lot of people and just kind of reading up and, and doing some, some homework on this. It seems as though Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger about as good a a slam dunk couple of selections you could make in the top 10 and they're both Columbus Blue Jackets. Your assessment of, of how that trade transpired and, and the the selections now the Blue Jackets have.
4: Well, I mean, I'm not quite as bullish on it as uh, some of the other people that, that were assessing it were, and, but, I mean, it wasn't a bad trade. I don't, I, don't, I don't look at it and say, oh, he didn't get nearly enough or anything like that. But um, I, I think that when we look at this trade in the future and we look back and say, well, who won the trade or, or how did it work out for each team, I think it's going to come down to that 2022 first-round draft pick that they got from the Blackhawks um, because that, that's a loaded draft. And so, you know, those first-round picks, are like gold right now among NHL teams because they're looking at that draft and especially the top of it saying, wow, there are some impact centers up there that if you can get in there, that's why the Blackhawks protected it. They, they protected it for the first two picks. And so like, if they, let's say they don't make the playoffs next year and they don't get the first or second pick, well, then let's say they, they, you know, move up in third in the lottery, the, the, what, what would be the Blackhawks pick? Well, that'll be the Blue Jackets pick now third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, seventh, eighth, whatever. Well, that's all contingent on the Blackhawks missing the playoffs next year. And, you know, uh, I look at the Blackhawks a little differently. They they have some goaltending issues right now. They have a young guy, Kevin Lankin, that just played his first year last year. I think if they, if they shore up their goaltending, um, I mean, they just added Seth Jones, and they, they basically swapped Adam, uh, Adam Boquist, a 20-year-old, who only played about 16 minutes a game last year, for Seth Jones, another right-handed defenseman who's bigger, who's more experienced, who plays about 27, 28 minutes a game, um, solid minutes, I feel. I know there's a lot of people in the advanced stack community that don't feel that you know Jones is worth $9.5 million. I still think he's a heck of a defenseman. So if the Blackhawks make the playoffs, and let's say they go halfway decent far into the playoffs, if, if that pick ends up being, like, 25 or 26 overall, eh, it doesn't look as sexy then, you know? Like, it, it, like if, it, the only way that really, for me, really pans out into, like, a huge home run for the Black, uh, Blue Jackets is if the Hawks miss the playoffs and that becomes a lottery pick, now you have two lottery tickets in next mm-hmm. year's draft. Then it's a big deal. It's like, wow, that's a good one. But if if it's not, it's just kind of like, I mean, now, listen, I love Sillinger. That's the guy they got at 12. Um, mm-hmm. they, they flip-flopped picks, actually, with the, Blue, with the uh, Hawks. So they ended up uh, only getting two or uh, two, two first-round picks uh, mm-hmm. out of that one. It wasn't three. So because, you know, the Hawks ended up getting there 32nd. Um, overall, it was a good deal, I think. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, I think if the Blue Jackets had their wish, they would have signed Seth Jones. He would have signed here for eight years and however many millions of dollars. And he would have stayed here and they would have built around him. But he didn't want to be here. They so had to get the most out of him. And, and I, you know, I think the, the ultimate grade is going to come down the line.
1: Talking all things Blue Jackets with Brian Hedger from the Columbus Dispatch. Another move. That was made this weekend was the acquisition of Jake Bean and him coming to Columbus from the Hurricanes. What do you think of his skill set and how do you think he'll be able to make an impact?
4: Um, you know he's young. He's another young guy. He just played his first year uh, full season in the NHL last year with the Hurricanes, and he was, uh, I believe he was running their second power play by the end of the season. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I've heard mixed reviews on him. I heard some people are really really high on him. They like him a lot. I know the Blue Jackets, uh, Jarmo Kekulainen said that he really, and the Blue Jackets really liked him in 2016 in his draft year and that he had, like, I think it was like 20 goals as a defenseman in his uh, last junior season uh, or the junior season going into his draft year. So you know, I, I think that he's got a lot of potential. He's a left-hand shot. Um, But then I've talked to other people, you know, evaluators who don't think his defense is quite there yet. And that he's young as well. Boquist has has defensive issues as well that he needs to iron out. I mean, he's only 20 years old. He's not real big. Um, You know, you're losing a lot of size there. He can skate. Um, He can definitely, offensively, Boquist can run the power play pretty well um but you know i, I think there's if, listen anytime you start getting young guys who are unproven they're unproven until yeah. we see what, what we got here yeah. um but i think that i think the potential is there for both of them to be pretty good
1: we'll get you out of here on this one what's the latest with line A, the qualifying offer the window of time that he has can you update us on his contract situation and where the blue Jackets on Linea stand right now
4: for sure, yep um he like so contract uh, or qualifying offers uh were able to go out for the first time on july twenty eighth so that was uh or not, not july twenty eighth I'm sorry, it was last week, um and then they have to be uh they, they, there was a deadline for them to come in by tonight at like five or whatever as far as the player getting them, uh he got his last week, so he has until August sixth uh at 5 p.m to decide whether he wants to sign it or not or they can you know try and negotiate with the uh, blue jackets and see if he wants to maybe get a uh, longer term deal you know something like that here if he's willing to stay here and and kind of be here and get a longer term deal or um, i mean there's some reports out there from you know some national insider types saying that the the jackets have gotten some calls as far as uh, potential trades uh with line a and so we have to kind of see where all that's going, but I think ultimately, if there's no trade that materializes, and, and let's say that they don't, you know, forge a multi-year contract extension with him, I expect him to sign the qualifying offer, which is seven and a half million dollars. They built it that way; it's based off of his actual salary from last season, and uh, you know that would put him in the Blue Jackets uniform for another year. Kind of him betting on himself a little bit to to you know have that rebound season that a lot of people think he should have next year and uh, you know we'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that one but I think that's what that's pretty much where we stand right now.
1: Okay, that's good stuff. Brian Hedger covers the Blue Jackets over at the Dispatch. Follow him on Twitter at Brian Hedger H E D G E R. Hedge, we love chopping it up with you, man. Thanks for mu- so much for unpacking all of this stuff with us today. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, guys. We'll see you. All right. Have a good day. All right. It's Monday, J. Lou, so you know Mm. what we're cooking up next. Yes. Let's let's party like a Roth star. Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan.
3: The undisputed leader in talking about nothing. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. Let's all gather into the kiki. It's time to party like a Roth star.
1: Welcome back in. Rothman and Ice. Matty Ice. J. Lou hanging out with you on a Monday all right, J-Lo, I'm going to kick this thing off this week. My first candidate or candidates, I should say, for Party Like a Roth Star are all the people in the world that are for the first time finally having the half Sprite, half Lemonade mix that Giannis <laughs> has made popular. Because j Lou, I was surprised by some of the reactions I was, I was seeing where people were saying, wait, this is good? People actually do this? You're darn right people do this because I'm one of those guys, and I do it all the time. Half Sprite, half Lemonade. That combination is straight fire, J. Lou, and I hope you had it. Actually, I probably know that you've had it a few times in wow. your life. It is a go-to for me when I'm ever at that 100 Coca-Cola drink machine where you can absolutely go crazy. I love that combination. So thank you to Giannis and all the people that are having this for the first time in their lives. You're partying like a raw star. Half sprite, half lemonade. You can't go wrong. Uh, my
0: first candidate. Uh, let's go back to the Olympics here, pal. Uh, you thought that uh, in in professional sports here, uh, we've we've heard of you know like 50 year, 60 year championship droughts, right? How about a 97 year gold medal drought? Mm. Uh, that ended for the Philippines' Hiddle and Diaz. Uh, she won the women's 55-kilo weightlifting competition uh, with an overall lift of 224 kilograms. I don't have that off the head here of what that is poundage-wise, but uh, it did set an Olympic record, uh, and it was one kilo ahead of China's Lao Kuyun who owned the world record of 227 kilograms during the, 200, or the 2019 World Championship. So uh, the Philippines partying like raw mm. stars. Almost a 100-year drought to win
1: a gold medal. Thank you very much, Hiddle <laughs> and Diaz. You are a winner. I love that. What I also love are the guys that find themselves in professional sports being on house money throughout their careers. And I think... That We may not get this for a long period of time, but where we are right now, this specific guy, to me, is on house money. And it's rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. I completely forgot about this guy. He doesn't get talked about, J. Lou. Never hear anything (laughs) about Zach Wilson. It's Trevor Lawrence. It's Justin Fields. It's can Mac Jones steal the job from Cam Newton? How about the guy that was taken up that high by the New York Jets? And Zach Wilson out of BYU I don't know if anybody cares that this guy Is going to be spinning the pill for him For them this year I think this dude has it made For the first couple years of his career Because everybody else is going to be focusing on these other quarterbacks I saw Zach Wilson this weekend And said wow Completely forgot about that dude So for me Zach Wilson's in a good spot as a rookie man Nobody's going to care what happens out there Unless he looks god awful Which I don't think he will So for me Zach Wilson the rookie You're on house money right now bro You're partying like a Roth star
0: Wow. Um, I'm just seeing this come across the Twitter here. Uh, And it looks like Ian Rappaport sending out a tweet that the Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers has indicated to people close to him that he does, underline, does plan to play Mm. for Green Bay this season. My God, you want to talk about a soap opera here. All right. So if this is the case, uh, Rappaport continues to say that that is the expectation Many factors at play, yeah. Uh, but Green Bay's front office saying uh, he is quote hopeful for a positive outcome. So there is a glimmer of optimism there. If mm. if Aaron Rodgers suits up, then I bet that whole front office party's like a raw star.
1: And they don't deserve it, Jay. Look, <laughs> after how <laughs> no, they, they traded him, they <laughs> do not deserve it. We'll get into no. more of that at the top of the hour. Last party like a raw star candidate for me. It's thirty-six year old point guard. Chris Paul, and here's why. Oh boy! Because Chris Paul has a couple options here as far as what he wants to do with his next contract. He can either opt in to $44 million and stay with the Phoenix Suns, or he can opt out and use the season that he had, and I know the finals wasn't sexy, but overall, Chris Paul has been lights out at this stage of his career. So he's got a $44 million option in one hand and leverage in the other hand to say, hey, you bring me in, Look at my stops. Look at H-Town. Look at OKC. Look at Phoenix. When I show up, the dubs start rolling in. So this dude is 36 years old, going to be 37 next May. He's either going to make $44 million to live in Phoenix, or he's going to be living somewhere else, probably for a contender, making a healthy chunk of change as well. That's how you do it. I love when dudes get paid, and I love when dudes at the back end of their career that are still producing still find ways mm. to get paid. Chris Paul, I see yeah. you. Keep ringing up the register. You're partying like a raw Good one. That's a nice one to end on right there. Hey, good boy. stuff right there. You kind of hit us with the update on Rodgers. We had another thing swirling around Aaron Rodgers this weekend and we've also got an update on H-Town's quarterback Deshaun Watson and Mm. is he available right now? We'll touch on all that at the top of the hour. J. Lou in the house for AR. Paul Keels going to hit you with a nice update at the top. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan.
3: Feel unappreciated. Things not working out the way you imagined. Bad news. Sometimes life sucks. Good news. We don't. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. The hardest working show in the business, or at least at this station in their time slot. (laughs) This is Rothman and Ice.
1: Welcome back into Rothman and Ice. Matty Ice, J. Lou, Jensen Lewis hanging out with me today. Bottom of the hour. We'll chop it up with Paul Daner. Covers the Bengals for the athletic. Kickoff training camp week with him. You know, J. Lou, I've been... uh I'm always on the hunt for a new TV series to get into and all okay. that. You know I love that. Yeah. And I've stumbled across... HBO's The White Lotus. I don't know if you've heard of this thing. Connie Britton in this. Sydney Sweeney in this. uh, Jennifer Coolidge in this. So there's some pretty famous names that you'll recognize in in it right now. And it's only... We're only in episode three. That just aired yesterday, and it's kind of like, I think we've got a murder mystery going on, which we're heading towards. Opening scene is, hey, somebody, you know, perish and all that, and you got to try to follow this thing along the way. It's funny, and it's got a little darkness to it as well, so I don't mind that blend, but yeah, if you're looking for something new, man, check out The White Lotus. The first three episodes have uh, been pretty appealing.
0: Did I uh, Did I get you on Succession by chance?
1: I'm locked in. I okay. am. Uh, I have three episodes to finish season two. Okay, and then I will be rocked and rolled and ready to go. <laughs> You'll be
0: emotionally loaded up because that's for a lot. Season three, that's <laughs> a lot.
1: I love that show, though.
0: I finally got my parents uh, over the All Star break. I, I got them hooked on it, so I think they're going to be right, right in that same spot where you are getting all, all caught up on it. I mean, it's as it's as good. If, if for people that don't know, it's obviously on HBO Max. Uh, if you got a shot to to go there and and you need some, it's about an what about an hour
1: an episode. That's what you get.
0: Yeah, in about uh, ten episodes a season. Yeah. There. So it, it doesn't take it doesn't take you long if you want to get through you know one or two a night. Uh, you'll you'll be all caught up in about two two and a half weeks. But it, it is worth the time. A really outstanding cast. And I'm telling you, oh. if you want dysfunction, oh my goodness, it, it, and you want a circus from the first two episodes, you got it. <laughs> That's the one.
1: Just hang out with the Roy family for a weekend, and you're going to come out of that thing a new human. And especially (laughs) if you have a lot of interaction with Roman Roy, then your life will be completely different because that dude is not in a good headspace probably 90% of the day.
0: So the crazy part about that I was trying to explain to my parents is that's Kieran Culkin. So that's Macaulay Culkin's brother. And and all of us grew up on Home Alone, and it is it is. Just mind-boggling to try and think that those two guys, A, are related, and and B spent the formative years of their lives together oh, because they couldn't be the farthest opposite uh, of of two siblings that I have seen that have that have made it to star. I mean, it is ridiculous. But oh, man, oh man, it is. Uh, whew. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a it's deep great. breaths after that. It's yeah, great. Deep breaths.
1: It, it really is good. <laughs> the family is just nuts. It, it is absolutely nuts. But And I can't wait for the new season to pop off because I will be locked in the way I was for Game of Thrones. When that yeah. thing kicks off live at 9 o'clock, consider me off the map for about an hour. So if you're looking for some new stuff, the White Lotus is giving me pretty good vibes on HBO. And if you are behind on the Succession Party, absolutely join it because it's good stuff. And you know, more times than not, HBO is going to give you a banger, J. Lou. That's what they do when it comes mm-hmm. to their TV show. So you hit us with some new news on Aaron Rodgers because over the weekend, I saw Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. He put out a piece about a retirement announcement possibly coming for Aaron Rodgers this week. Now we have new news from Ian Rappaport from the NFL network that you touched on, J. Lou saying that people within the inner circle people people close to Aaron Rodgers are expecting an arrival and I believe they start training camp either to tomorrow or the day after up in Green Bay and it looks like the quarterback's gonna go now I'm not gonna believe it J. Lou until I see it because when I see a tweet like that from Rappaport my mind goes to well who are these people because we've yeah. heard it on both sides of the fence here to where yeah, people okay. that are close to him, some people think he ain't showing up. He's done with Green Bay. Now we have this report of saying people close to him believe he's going to show up. Now, Ian Rappaport works, obviously, for the NFL Network. My mind automatically goes to Rogers former teammate in James Jones, who also works for the NFL Network. And he has been on the record Talking about Aaron Rodgers throughout this whole process, and they obviously have a very good relationship. So, until I see him at the podium this week, J. Lou, I'm going to roll with what we've had before, and that he is not going to show up. But if you've been following the breadcrumbs as we have over the last few weeks, it has felt like things have changed for a po- towards a positive direction for the Packer fan base up there.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still on the fence. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you. I, I need to see it with my own eyes. I need to hear. I need to hear him say the words. I mm-hmm. uh, hate to hate to take a phrase from LeBron James, but I need to hear Aaron Rodgers say, "I'm back." Yeah. You know, if I'm a Packer fan, uh, I think the whole Packer front office wants to hear that. Let's go, let's go two different ways here, Maddie. Let's go the way of what the freshest news we have here. Uh, where was there a, a meeting off the books, off the record with, uh, the, the front office there and Aaron Rodgers? Was there, uh, a building back of a bridge, uh, to, mm-hmm. to both sides? Perhaps. Um, I, I'm still inclined to believe that, that what we have factually is that he's done mm-hmm. he's done with the Packers now that doesn't mean he's not going to play this year and I know that there's been reports of I'll retire before I play for the Packers okay so let's look at it from the other side let's say the Packers are uh know that they're going to have to move on from him. they've got to try and get something and I know we'll dive into Deshaun Watson because it's a similar situation with a, a quarterback saying that he's demanding a trade or he wants out yeah uh, on the Packers side, uh, everything I've seen is that they would need three first-round picks and a second-round pick, and, and that's a <laughs> that's a haul. <laughs> that is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, now, what you're getting is obviously talent-wise, one of the top three quarterbacks in the game, and and I know we've we've heard the to, the the Denver Broncos being a primary candidate, uh, the Niners, uh, the Raiders, you know, a West Coast team yep. uh, would be a, a primary landing spot. Okay. Um. <laughs> If I'm if I'm the Packers and I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt whether it's being reported or not that we're done, you can't trade him to anybody in the NFC. Yeah, so that that removes the 49ers for me. Uh, so it comes down to the Broncos and the Raiders. Do they have the capital uh, and you know is that is a John Gruden And Aaron Rodgers' relationship viable? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know the 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 Broncos instantly all of a sudden have optimism if you bring him in because uh, I I think as Colin Coward once said, uh, you know Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are the best deodorant uh, for any NFL team because they hide all of the weaknesses uh, that your club has, and we know the Packers have. I
1: think we may have lost him right there, but no, I'll pick it up where he was headed because we we have talked so much about Denver. And the Raiders. But my mind goes to what Peyton Manning was saying at the All-Star Game for Major League Baseball. And obviously he is as well-connected as anybody can be when it comes to that Broncos organization. And he, he threw out kind of the X and O angle of all of this. And well, if you do trade for Aaron Rodgers, is it too late in the process? Meaning where we are with training camp. And all of those things. Now, I happen to think that if you get Aaron Rodgers in the building, if you're Denver, you'll be able to figure all of those things out. But, j I think we got you back, mate. I was just kind of piggybacking yeah. off of what you were saying with Denver and right. mentioning what Peyton Manning had mentioned. And he kind of took oh. us into the mind of quarterback and was saying, well yeah. – Do we have enough time to really be the team that we want to be if we pull the trigger right now for Aaron Rodgers? If I'm a Broncos fan, I'm saying, Peyton, I love you, but forget all that. We'll figure it all out later. Get Aaron Rodgers into the building. But that's a real thing. Like It's a real thing that maybe sometimes us as fans don't think about. But for now, if we want to roll with what's being reported from Ian Rappaport today on the latest Aaron Rodgers situation is that this dude's going to show up. So the one thing that I can't wait to hear is what's changed. What's changed? What warmed you back up to playing for Green Bay this season? Because we have Shefty on every Wednesday here, as you know, J. Lou, and he has been very adamant in Aaron Rodgers is not rocking out with Green Bay right now. There's almost nothing they can do to get him back into the fold. I don't know if it's a financial decision I don't know if it's what you said. Maybe these conversations that Mark Murphy and Bryden Gudekant and Aaron Rodgers and who else was involved, maybe this has got them back all into the same lane and they can hop in the same car and have the same goal and the final destination of let's win a Super Bowl because we've been so close. But to me, that's got to be question number one. If we see him this week up there riding the bicycle in the training camp like they always do is... What the heck has changed? Because everything that we've heard, man, is you're out on these guys. Have they promised you something? What is it? Because we had the story last week. Financially, it ain't the money he's looking for. And we've heard him be on the record talking about wanting more of a kind of family atmosphere. My words, not his. But he wants to be more included with everything going on. And maybe that was it, J. Lou. Maybe they came to him and said, you know what? We want to correct our wrongs. We know that we've upset you with some decisions we made in the past, and we promise that this is never going to happen again.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's well said, and, and I think we're just going to have to wait and see, right? Yeah. Because yep. you go from one saga to another uh, with Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and, and it's a similar – now, again, you got all the legal issues that are out there, but he showed up because he didn't want to pay 50 grand in fines every day that, that he wasn't reporting to camp. But there's another instance of where it doesn't seem like anything's changed. Mm-hmm. And, and now, all of a sudden, Houston is, yep, you know what? We're going to move on. Yep. Now we're going to move on. And, and I'm going to throw this team out to you because I, I think this is a fascinating group that if, if Houston is indeed going to be able to pull the trigger on this and they get what they want, the only team I think that has the capital that could make it happen, the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles, even with the Jalen Hurts era, there's no way that they would pass up an opportunity because Deshaun Watson instantly in that division can help you contend with Dallas and with Washington. No question. And it's not like you need 11 wins. You need probably nine to be in the conversation, and Deshaun Watson can bring that to you instantly.
1: Love that landing spot. Kind of puts the new head coach in a turkey spot as far as What do we know about Jalen Hurts? But I'm with you. You bring in Deshaun Watson. Okay? Like, Jalen Hurts, that was fine. We saw some cool stuff from him in a very small sample size. But if you have a chance to get this guy from a football perspective, you have to do it. And that's why I'm glad you mentioned off the top of the Deshaun part of our conversation is what he has going on is beyond serious in the legal world, out there, outside of the football world. But because we have this new piece of information from Chris Mortensen obviously over there working with Shefty on this type of insider stuff. He's throwing it out there that the Texans asking Price right now for Deshaun services would be five high draft picks and starting caliber players. Now, the five high draft picks is that three ones and two twos. Who knows? Four ones and one two. Like You can drive yourself crazy trying to figure that part out of it that part of it out. But with this guy, man, like we've seen what he can do. And he hasn't had outside of Deshaun Hopkins, uh, de- 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 excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe the most sexy kind of offensive playmakers around him consistently. But he's played at a high clip. But my question is if you're a team, Do you want to deal with all of the nonsense that's going to come along with it? And what I mean by nonsense is things, what Deshaun Watson's in right now, which is completely messy right now with Deshaun Watson. Do you want to deal with the PR stuff on the outside of your building where you bring in a guy like this that has these nasty allegations attached to his name? Do you want to deal with all of that? I happen to think that some teams may take the bait because he is so talented But j there's no ignoring what's going on. And that's the most important piece of all of this when it comes to Deshaun is that stuff has to get ironed out. But because when you have a report like this come from Chris Mortensen, to me, that takes us behind the curtain. And that's letting us know that there are conversations being had and Houston is ready to go to get this guy out of their building and hand it off to someone else.
0: Uh, and I know we got to get to the break, yeah. uh, but I'll, I'll wrap it with this: is that you you have to know as the acquiring franchise that you know the civil suits probably aren't going to be able to to go to trial or go to court until after the completion of the NFL season. So that's one thing. But you know, if he's going to have to serve a suspension because of other things that yeah. come out, you know, is that four games he's not going to be able to play? What what is that timeline? So if you're going to give up basically the ranch. For you know, Deshaun Watson, you're gonna to have to have a pretty good idea of the expectation of playing time he's gonna give you coming
1: back. No doubt about it. So the latest is he showed up to training camp, his quarterback coach Quincy Avery told Shefty that, quote, I'm a hundred percent sure he'll be traded at some point in the coming future, and now Deshaun will avoid being fined fifty thousand dollars per day for not being a part of training camp. So there's the latest with Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. Latest out of Green Bay from Ian Rappaport at the network. People close to him in the inner circle think he's going to show up here in the next 48 to 72 hours. And news coming out of Houston now is... The Texans as our organization are ready to move on from Deshaun Watson, and we'll see if teams are going to come calling with all the serious legal stuff going on surrounding Deshaun Watson. When we come back, a former Buckeye got the bag and another former Buckeye dealing with some tough injury news. We'll touch on it next. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan.
3: Your home of the Buckeyes, Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The fan. One of them survives on almonds and broccoli, the other crushes frozen pizza in his unwashed sweats.
1: You're listening to Rothman and Ice. And I think we may need to change that to two of us survives off almonds and broccoli because J. Lou, <laughs> I got our boy AR on the Blue Diamond train. And the other day, he cleaned out a whole can of almonds from noon to three. I was impressed. What? Usually takes me about two to three days to clean this thing out. I guess my man didn't bring any of his lunches or anything that day because he was going crazy on the almonds. But yeah, now wow. it's two of us on the show survive off almonds and just broccoli.
0: All right. Well, I mean, you guys, you guys are doing the Lord's work right there. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's uh, not for
1: all of us. <laughs> oh. I feel you, man. I absolutely feel you. What made me feel good was seeing the news out of Cincinnati when it yeah. came to former Buckeye, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Molar product, Sam Hubbard, getting a nice extension from the Bengals four year, forty million dollar extension. And I think what's key for me uh, out of all of this is what you heard Zach Taylor say about Sam Hubbard and how important he is to the culture of the team. Quote, Sam is about all the things we want to be about, and it was a priority to get this deal done. He's been a tremendous leader on this team. He's come to work every single day, and we look forward to him being a leader for us for years to come. So you've got a quality dude in the locker room, That can relay the same message from the coaching staff to his teammates and set a standard for an organization and for his side of the football and his position group to say, hey, man, this is how we're rocking out. This is how we want to do things. And he's earned that part of it that respect, and he's also earned the respect on the field with what he'll be able to do and what they like from him on the field and his ability to really stand up against the run and seal the edge and do those things as a D-lineman. It has a really good vibe around it right now, Jay Lou, and I'm happy that the former Buckeye got his coin.
0: Yeah, he said it four years, $40 million. Uh Remember the 2018 third-round pick uh, out of Ohio State. And uh, when you look at it, so 26 years old, uh, ranked first in total run stops with yep. 31 I didn't realize that until kind of looking through some of the specifics here um, if you want to go like some severe analytics here on on pro football focus uh, the passing rush grade uh, he's what was at a career low 59 point one uh, and you want to kind of be above a 65 so he ranked 50th among qualifying edge defenders in 2021 uh, recorded the sixth lowest pass Rush win rate of ten percent. However, you know when you think about what he is able to accomplish uh, with this line, and and let's face it, I mean the Bengals have been looking for any possible way to get pressure on the quarterback, uh, and and it just hadn't been there outside of what he was able to do on an individual level. You're getting to solidify the front seven, right? And yep. you're and you're trying to build uh, not only for this year but also to create some opportunities to get the ball back to your offense, which I think you and I both believe uh it will be one of the more under the radar groups that that could really surprise people uh, but nonetheless uh job well done from Sam Hubbard and and really turning in uh to a nice uh, edge rusher for the Cincinnati Bengals
1: i'm glad you brought up the kind of the lack of production on money down when it comes to bringing the quarterback down to the turf and and i think it's totally fair if you're a Bengals fan and you want More of that from Sam Hubbard, because like you just mentioned, when it comes to stopping the run, the dude is legit out there on the edge and along that defensive line. But it's not just Sam Hubbard that needs to crank it up when it comes to getting off the field and sacking the quarterback. The Bengals were dead last as a team in the entire league a season ago when it comes to sacks. And as a squad, they only had 17 the entire year in the team that led The entire NFL and sacks was a team in their own division in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they had 56 of them. So to get the rock back to Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase and company who everyone's excited about, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, these guys, then two of them are new faces who they're going to be relying a lot on along this defensive line. They got to crank it up there on money down. So happy for Sam Hubbard. But I think there's more to his game or should be more to his game, and I definitely think he can get to that point with some of the other names along that D-line that are going to be drawing some attention. So we'll keep our eye on that throughout the season. But, yeah, no doubt, congrats to Sam Hubbard for getting your money and having a nice, successful career so far in the NFL and having the head coach on the record talking about how important you are to what they want to do. That's big-time stuff. Had some unfortunate news kind of spilling out throughout the weekend as well when it comes to former Buckeye. Michael Thomas, and he is going to be out for what they're saying. Jay Lou is going to be at minimum the next three months with this ankle injury and him having surgery, I believe, back in June, and this is bad because when you start talking about the injury that he had last year, still dealing with it, nagging injury, had to have another operation on that same injury, and now we're missing a chunk of time and this is a season, obviously, where the Saints are headed into this thing without what they had for a very, very long time. And Drew Brees, which was the ultimate safety net, the ultimate consistent quarterback with what he was able to do to take this guy out of the equation with the question marks around Taysom Hill and oh. Jameis Winston. This is a nightmare scenario for Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints right now. If you think about the depth
0: or lack thereof uh at the receiver position, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you yeah. the names. Yeah. So you take Michael Thomas out, <laughs> yeah. uh the guy that likely goes to your number one, you know, uh, you know I'm gonna use quotations here. Your number one receiver is Traquan Smith, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, and yeah. then who? Yeah. <laughs> The well, well, we hear- news
5: is they're trying. Uh, they're working out Chris Hogan right now. Okay, yeah, okay, that's All that's, right, so well, that's going to get us excited right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, look to your guys' point, and I'm glad you guys are bringing this up. It frames the situation nicely because those names they're not scaring anybody no, down in the no. NFC South. And like CB just mentioned, yeah, sure, Chris Hogan's a veteran guy, thirty plus years old. He's been around. You get him in now, he probably can pick up the system quicker than maybe a younger guy could. But that's really not doing any damage either. And now my mind is gone to, without this guy there, for what could be the next three months and obviously missing a chunk of the season The start is, does this lean Sean Payton more t- towards Taysom Hill because of his ability to create more offense as far as his legs? And Jameis, sure, can probably stretch the field more with his arm. But Taysom Hill's going to give you that kind of bailout factor. He's going to give you that, hey, it's third and five. Something ain't there. The names you mentioned can't beat anybody in in press coverage or anything. How does this change their quarterback decision, if at all, is what's fascinating to me. Because I do think that Sean Payton can look at Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston right now and say, yeah, Jameis, I like what's going on, but maybe we need to get Taysom out there more earlier in the season. Because we're going to be desperate for offense. I don't know.
0: Alvin Kamara, uh, if you have him uh, as a dynasty uh, fantasy football owner, (laughs) um, pain. Yeah. Pain. This because, hurts. I mean, if you're a defense, uh, you absolutely will put eight guys in the box and say, oh. I dare you to throw over to. the top of us. Yep. I dare you to have to beat us through the year. If you do it, then we stink. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we really stink yeah. if we can't stop you guys with the lag. And again, I get it to the NFL. You got to have a lot of skill to be able to play the receiver position, but those names are not striking any fear no. into the hearts of any of the divisional opponents, let alone the rest of the NFC.
1: Yeah. And I'll hit you with this take before we go to break. Carolina Panthers may be the second best team in that division. Oh my goodness! I know. I you know the Saints were saying it.
0: Can I know we were saying it. <laughs> I know
1: the Saints are going to have a good defense. I know a lot of people think their offensive line is going to be good, but when you take Michael Thomas out, I know Sam Darnold has a ton to prove. But they're getting CMC back. You got DJ Moore and company, a young defense. I won't be shocked at season's end if it's Tampa and then Carolina and the NFC South. We'll see. I'm not fully ready to go cannonball into the water with the Carolina Panthers, but I think I can talk myself into it based off of what's going down in New Orleans. Training camp kicking off for the Bengals here soon. Joey B. in the house. Jamar Chase in the house. We'll get an update on all of it from Paul Daner, who covers the Bengals for the Athletic next. It's Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan.
3: News, opinions, and insight. All before breakfast. Rise and shine with Morning Juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination a former country club tennis pro and a high school baseball player don't be too impressed you're listening to Rothman and Ice
1: alright welcome back in let's head back out to the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline chop it up with our guy Paul Daner covers the Cincinnati Bengals over there at the Athletic podcast writer he does it all karaoke aficionado Oh, Paul what's going on man how you doing What's going on, guys? Having a good day, man. Thanks for giving us some of your time. Before we brought you on, we were kind of going through the Sam Hubbard extension, obviously here in our neck of the woods, former Buckeye, Cincinnati Molar guy. Everybody's always going to have their eyes on what he's doing. But what have you thought of his progression as a professional? What have you seen from him on the field? And uh, what do you think of the deal that Cincinnati gave to him?
2: I mean, it's, a, it's really a great deal for both sides. His, he's kind of an interesting case in that he had came in and absolutely blew away two different coaching staffs. I mean, when he was a rookie, Marvin Lewis loved him, loved him. And they couldn't find enough things for him to do. They loved just the, the way he worked, his relentlessness, his intensity, his leadership, all that stuff. And then a new coaching staff comes in and feels the exact same way. And, and they basically, this past offseason, attempted to build a defense that was a bunch of guys that play like him, you know, that just play with just uh, an unbelievable drive every single play, practice that way, do the right stuff, you know, in the locker room and, and all that. And um, it, it's made him valuable. I mean, they view him as an absolute cornerstone. Now he may not have all the glory of the sack numbers, and he may not be one of these edge guys that's going to wow people you know coming around the corner however often like like a miles garrett or whatever, but he's one of the top run defenders in the league he's super well rounded he's, he's uh you know a leader on and off the field he's everything that they want here, and they, they love everything about him they have since he got into the building, and so this was easy for them i mean this was an absolute just like walk in the park as far as getting this deal done because everybody wanted it. And Sam, what else can you ask for? Cincinnati kid goes to Ohio state, comes back to Cincinnati, makes $40 million. All right.
3: It's worked.
0: Paul, it's Jensen. Uh, I think you just wrapped it perfectly with that. Uh, Of course, going to high school at Moeller there and and being a hometown kid, uh, a dream come true for him. Speaking of dreams come true, obviously that's every Bengals fan's uh, wish for Joe Burrow, a a healthy return to the field. Uh, Some reports out there that he may not play in the preseason. Can you kind of clear the air on the latest with him and and what his progression will be as far as game workload goes?
2: Yeah, we just just left our, uh, you know, media luncheon before the season starts where we talk, just talked to Mike Brown. First time we talked to him in a couple of years, actually. And he basically said that, you know, they're going to be very careful with him and the plan is like that. He's not going to play in the preseason. Uh, I mean, they they do want him to come out of this next month. He's fully cleared. He can do anything that he would want to do. He's going to do 11 on 11. They're going to do whatever they can to build as much confidence in him feeling that he doesn't have to worry about the knee, he doesn't have to even think about any of that stuff, feeling comfortable avoiding a rush and doing all that stuff, everything that you can without actually going out there and putting it on the line in, you know, in a game that doesn't matter. And, you know, he did it last year with absolutely no NFL experience, no preseason games that went out there and played, and they're going to do everything that they can for that. But the fact that he's He's fully cleared and able to go out there and participate in everything that practices will have. I suspect he'll be fine, but it'll be the one thing that he'll have to get over when he does play. But I don't think that will be until they play the opener against Minnesota.
1: Paul, when you look at what Gio Bernard left behind, we know how valuable he was in pass-catching situations and even protecting the quarterback as an additional blocker there in the backfield, is there one running back that they want to lock in to maybe scoop up those duties, or is this just going to be Joe Mixon all the time? Should we be expecting kind of a geo type of running back, or do you think they're going to push more of that responsibility onto Joe Mixon's plate?
2: They're going to put it on Joe Mixon's plate. I mean, they pay the guy a lot of money, and he's got a lot of skills, and you know he's kind of been under underutilized in the passing game. Uh, because they've had Gio, but I think they view this as an opportunity to really let Joe shine, and um, he's he's going to he's he's going to have as much usage uh, that you've ever seen out of him, and they're going to just kind of let him go and see what happens. They, I mean, they have others certainly. I mean, Samaje P. Ryan's going to maybe you know give him a, a series off every once in a while, and. Chris Evans, the guy they drafted in the sixth round of Michigan, is a really interesting case. Maybe, maybe he could sap up a couple of those third down snaps in certain situations. They love his hands out of the backfield. But this is going to be about Joe. This is going to be Joe Mixon's year to go prove it as an efficient, not just runner, not just receiver, but also, you know, in pass pro and all that stuff. And I think they, they love the idea of what he can be. He can be special, you know, and uh, they're, they're going to give him every opportunity to do it.
0: Paula, it'll be the Joe, Joe, and Jamar show if uh, everything goes right. And uh, I know Maddie and I have been ch- trying to tell people for at least a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months, when you look at the talent uh, that is going to be available to Joe Burrow as far as wide receivers go, uh, this, this is scary if they can get uh you know synergized really quickly out of the shoot because from a talent perspective we obviously know what Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow did in their college days together uh what Tyler Boyd has shown from a consistency standpoint and and, and obviously T Higgins uh when you when you look at this group offensively are they going to feel a little bit more comfortable that hey we know we're going to have to score some points because our defense in the secondary might have some issues with some of the opponents they face early on or is this just we want to we want to try and get the ball into our playmaker's hands that obviously protects Joe Burrow even more is there a a clear distinction of how they want to run the offense right out of the shoot
2: uh i mean i think you saw it last year except Take the 100-plus targets that went to A.J. Green uh, for you know his, his least efficient season by far yeah. uh, and, and really gave you nothing in terms of yards after the catch or any deep ball and send them all to Jamar Chase. And how much different does it look? I mean, T. Higgins was awesome last year. Tyler Boyd has solidified himself as one of the top slot receivers in the NFL. If Jamar Chase comes out and is... You know, an an average NFL receiver, not to mention the guy that could come out and play at the top five overall pick, that offense should really move the ball. They were doing it last year with the the issues they were having with AJ Green and the deep ball and Joe Burrow playing for the first season, you know, with 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 no uh, you know preseason or anything like that. So, and and by midseason, right before he got hurt, people forget it because they just remember the injury. I mean, they were one of the best most efficient offenses in football i mean they were second in the league in points per drive over a a month period right before uh he got hurt i mean they were doing it there and now they've added pieces up front they've added jamar chase if burrow's better which i think everyone anticipates man yeah there there's no reason to believe they wouldn't pick right up where they left off and then some last year it can be really scary
1: Paul, we'll get you out of here on this one. I want to head to the defensive side of the football and ask you about that cornerback room. A lot of new names, a lot of new faces coming in. Your confidence that this group as a whole is going to go out there and offer up some resistance to opposing uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks this upcoming year?
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's really hard to tell with that group. I mean, you know, I think the pass rush will be better. It's hard to be worse. They were awful last year. Uh, I think you have guys that have done it before. I mean, Trey Waynes has been a solid cornerback in this league. Uh, Chidobe Luzi, I think they think that Mike Hilton gives them a lot of versatility to not just cover in a slot but blitz. I mean, there's things you like there, but these are all guys that have never played together before. Mm. And, you know, it, you just don't know until you get it out there. You know, you love your safeties, but look, if you get if you can't get consistent coverage and guys that are comfortable playing next to another person – um, it can it can go poorly. I I mean I anticipate early this season they are gonna be some shootouts. Um they just hope if they can create a, a, a team dynamic where they have an average defense. I mean sixteen to twenty, ranked between sixteen and twenty, an yeah. average offensive line, yeah, they can really win a lot can win you a lot of
1: games. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Completely agree with the latter portion of your comment right there. He's Paul Daner, covers the Bengals really well over at the athletic. Paul, thanks so much for your time, man. Love chopping it up with you. Thanks, Paul. All right. Have a good one. J. Lou, I completely agree with him on that. This this doesn't have to be go from worst to best, worst to first. It doesn't have to be. You get worse to middle of the pack, like you're saying, with that Mm -hmm. offense, then you're cooking with hot grease. That's it. That offensive line unit and that defense get to the middle of the pack, then I think we're having some fun times down in the natty this upcoming season. When we come back, Chris Holtman and his staff – getting their boom on today. We'll let you know all about it in the Buckeye Bulletin. Rothman and Ice right here on The Fan.
3: If it's Buckeye football you crave, you've come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Rothman and Ice present... Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the heat? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train systems, including 0% APR for 60 months. All
1: right, J. Lou, let's crank out a Buckeye Bulletin before we give you the latest on the Buckeye basketball team. J. Lou, we had that promo play during the break, and, and our guy said 38 days (laughs) <laughs> so we're Jeez. forgetting but i said, i looked at cb and i said what, what? 38 days not 83 incredible man football is back it's in the air i'm loving it but that's not stopping chris holtman and his staff from continuing to do some good things out there on the recruiting trail four-star center felix akbar commits to ohio state jay lou we're getting a Six eleven two fifteen, big man to hop into the twenty twenty two recruiting class that is now filled with four star point guard Bruce Thornton, four star shooting guard Roddy Gale, and three star Bowen Hardman to give Ohio State right now the number n- number one overall recruiting class in the class of 2022 so this is great stuff he's from chattanooga tennessee and i'm all about the big dudes coming in man and trying to do some damage here for our beloved buckeyes so yeah this is uh good stuff and this 2022 class is on and popping already Lou.
0: yeah it is uh so now you put uh some of the new guys with uh, obviously aj liddell michi johnson uh, jimmy Soto's back in the uh, backcourt uh, you know, Justice. Su- I tell you what, you are you and I were doing uh, the show a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, talking about Zed Key. Yeah, you know, working out with uh, Team USA and how that really helped his development. I'm I'm very intrigued for training camp for these guys too. You get Seth Downs, Justin Arns, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kyle Young. I mean, this going to be a nice eclectic group, right? A, a lot of skill sets. Yeah, a lot of different ways that, that that they can beat opponents. So I'm sure Chris Holtman and the staff. Licking their chops to try and draw up some things because they've got a very versatile group and it's just getting better.
1: Speaking of licking their chops, that was me this weekend when CB sent me a video of freshman Malachi Brandon And he, J. Lou, I don't know if I want to put the Dwayne Washington responsibility on his plate as far as him being the 16 to 20 point a night guy. Yeah, But I think he's got the skill set, and I think it's going to happen eventually. It may not be this year. It may happen in the middle of the season, but that dude's bag is absolutely full. CB, you brought up a good point when this commit came in about how crucial this is going to be for the— period of time the Ohio State basketball team is going to be as far as turnover goes?
5: Well, first off, a little nugget. They're the only school right now for the 2022 class that has three guys in the top 50 between Gale, Thornton, and Akpara. Good stuff. But I want to say, though, between the fourth, fifth, and sixth year seniors, plus you figure out EJ Liddell does, has a good season, he'll go next year. You could lose up to, up to nine guys yeah. if they all decide to go. And you only <laughs> have four commits. And they're not done. They're still going after some wings, they want some forwards, and maybe even another guy down in the post that they could go after. So four commits right now, but they could have plenty more come
1: springtime, honestly. it's good information out of you right there. And that means to me, J. Lou, guys should be looking at an opportunity to come in here and play, right? Guys uh- can look at this and say, hey, got a good coaching staff, Uh, When you got here in the piece that I was checking out from his commitment, he mentions, he references the development that Chris Holtman and his staff do to their players. And he can look at or he has looked at the numbers of guys that have come in in freshmen and where they are as a sophomore and where they are as a junior. And I think that stuff is big. But based off of what CB just said to us, man, look, it's a great opportunity. You want to come play right away for a legit program? Just be taking a look at what Chris Holtman has to offer. And let's just make sure we don't get in that two fifteen matchup. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that wasn't oh, a good. good time.
0: Hey, it's a whole different it's a whole different year. Yeah. No, I mean you look at that and, and you say, okay, I, I love where you're coming from. On all right, if 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 these guys develop and play the way that they're capable of, they should be able to get you know, passed into the Sweet 16. i mm-hmm. will uh, be the first time since uh, Coach Holtman had come in, what, in, in 2017. So, you know, now you've got four or five years of the program under your belt and say, all right, we, we're ready to take the next step. We're ready to be a team. Maybe we were a year early last year, yeah. kind of got hit in the mouth. Mm-hmm. But you use that as a motivating factor and say, fellas, if you think we're good, I'm going to play it a tape. Yeah. I'm going to play it a tape <laughs> of the embarrassing loss that sent us home when we should have won. Yeah. So keep working hard, and I think that'll help out.
1: They're going to be hungry, right? We know that because, you know, as a former athlete, you have a bitter loss like that to end your season doesn't go away absolutely and that motivation is always there the Buckeye football team just went through it a couple years ago with that ending you know against Clemson they get over the hump and thump them this year and we'll see what that can do to Chris Holtman's Buckeye basketball team the upcoming for this upcoming season should be a fun year both out there on the turf and the hardwood for coach day and coach Holtman so there you go Got a new commit for the Buckeye basketball team. Four-star center Felix Akbara hops into the 2022 class. Got an update for you at the top of the hour. When we come back, it is getting crazy when it comes to Oklahoma, Texas, and the SEC. We'll also let you hear from Odell on him running it back with CB's Brownies. Paul Kills hit you with an update at the top of the hour. We'll be back right after that. Rothman and Ice right here on the fan.
3: Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and Ice feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive. Sponsored
1: by United
3: Dairy Farmers. Miss filling up before gas prices went up? Get UDF's low price lock with U-Drive.
1: All right, welcome back in. Final hour of Rothman and Ice on a Monday. Thanks for joining us, Matty Ice. Jensen Lewis hanging out with you today. So I was off Thursday and Friday, J. Lou, and Mm -hmm. there was a lot going down. But this story got me excited. It really did get, get me excited when you talk about Texas and Oklahoma digging in on this exit out of the Big 12 and trying to find a new career within the SEC. We love college football here in Columbus, Ohio. We love college football here in the Midwest. College football is loved everywhere, but you start getting us into this type of territory with these two brands inside of that conference, which I know we make a ton of jokes about here in our neck of the woods, and they yeah. bring it on themselves with it. It just means more nonsense and all that. But J. Lou, I am here for this. I love this. And I'm all for Oklahoma and Texas digging in on this and trying to get this thing done as soon as possible. If you missed the update there from our guy Paul Kills at the top, Oklahoma and Texas officially notified the Big 12 today that they will not be renewing their grants of media rights following their expiration in 2025. So they're trying to get this thing rolling, J. Lou. I think it makes a ton of sense For both parties here and the SEC to get this thing done, it's going to take Oklahoma and Texas to formally let the SEC know they want to get this thing rolling. And then the SEC is going to need 11 of their 14 presidents and chancellors to agree to extend the invitation to the two squads that we're talking about in the Sooners and the Longhorns. This is such a big deal, such a heavy conversation when it comes to college football, and there's so many details that come along with it. But that's the surface-level stuff right now. In Texas and Oklahoma, J. Lou doesn't seem like we're playing any games, and they're trying to hop into the SEC ASAP.
0: So they would have to pay, if I'm reading this right, Um, since they're not going to stick around in the big 12 through 2025, uh, they can leave obviously as early as next year. They'd pay a penalty of at least what, 75, $80 million, Mm -hmm. which I'd have to believe that is chump change. We got, (laughs) we we got that. We got it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We'll take the twenties out of the wallet and, uh, uh, yeah, so that will be pretty good. All right. So that, that's what they have to pay on the penalty and then you know what happens next so we we know it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when mm-hmm. the college football playoff expands and you know whether it's whether it's 6 8 12 however they come up with that you would have to believe that you know Texas and Oklahoma here just from their conference schedule alone will be able to look at this and say all right we might be able to lose a game or two and still be able to get in yep. because of of the leak where if you're in the Big 12 you almost got to go undefeated, right to yeah. get one of those four spots and, and and that is certainly playing in the other part of this, and I think uh, AR and I had talked about it was that the the Nil situation is is far and away uh, in in college football terms uh, the SECs to lose as far as being the destination, the spot uh, because in the fall uh, that that's where it's going to be that's where the eyeballs are, and I think that's what Texas and Oklahoma are saying is from a recruiting standpoint we got to be on par. If we're going to get back to national prominence and we're going to be a team that's taken seriously every single season, then we've got to be able to give that ability to prospective recruits to come in and say, not only are you playing in the best conference, but you got a chance to make the most money. Mm-hmm. And, and let's face it, that's where we're going. Yep. And whether you like it or not, yep. that's where things are going in collegiate athletics. And certainly we get a crash course in how it's going to start with college football. Let me throw this at you because I think this now has ripple effects. Yeah. Uh, we talked about, AR and I did a little bit, if you're the Big Ten, do you make overtures because you're going to pick up the scraps? We, I would assume the Big 12 ends up going in the tank and disbands. Mm-hmm. If you are making overtures to, let's say, a West Virginia, um, you know, do you go after a Baylor? Uh, i 'm thinking not only in the football terms, but obviously Kansas mm-hmm. would be major for college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baylor being what they did in winning the national title i mean that's that 's a team you look at and say, all right yeah I'm, uh, from a college basketball standpoint, you know you get huggy bear and, and and West Virginia in there too. It becomes even deeper from that standpoint so while you might not have the attractiveness uh, in the big ten of of loading up on on the top tiers of big twelve college football you're going to get it in college
1: basketball in gold
0: because of the depth you're going to be able to create there.
1: No doubt. It's definitely an interesting angle because my mind has been wrapped up in the football part of this conversation more so than the basketball, but there's no doubt. That has to be appealing if you're the Big Ten, and especially if you've been touting yourself last year, maybe for the last couple of seasons, that you feel like you're the best college basketball conference in the nation, then no doubt you would welcome those teams with open arms. And I think there's pros and cons to both of these or all of these schools that you mentioned that are going to be, like you said, the scraps of the Big 12. And what does Ohio State view as the the strongest pro pro here? When it comes to, hey, do we need to be benefited more in football as a conference and in the Big Ten? Do we need to be, want to be more benefited in basketball? Like all these, I'm sure questions that are going through everybody's brain. And it's a fun conversation to have. Obviously, you'd want the two schools that would go, that are going to the SEC. That would be crazy if you got them in the Big Ten. That ain't happening, but I do think there are benefits there and logistically benefits as well to some of these teams and the travel and the timing of these games and all all of that that are going to be factored in here. But I mean, just locking in on the big 12 here for a second, J Lou, this is a massive blow for them because this isn't the first time this has happened recently within the last 10 years to this conference with A&M and Missouri saying, we're out, we're going to the sec. You had Nebraska and Colorado, also schools as well saying, we're out, we're going to the big 10 and the pack 12 And it's a wrap for the Big 12. I I think it's done. I think it's a cooked product. I don't know what's going to be appealing about it and where all these other schools land. is definitely going to be interesting because we've had conversations about what Ohio State should want and what the Big Ten should want for a couple of years now. And the big boys that we've touched on here were the headliners, of course, But now working through those other factors, like you mentioned, as what can benefit us as a conference the most now? I would love to hear those conversations because you are dead on right. You get A. Bill Self, you get Baylor, you get Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, but you get some of these other schools, Iowa State for football. Like The weight of those, how they weigh them moving forward is going to be fascinating. But I tell you what, if you're an SEC fan or just a college football fan in general, this news about Oklahoma and Texas, it should excite you because it excites the heck out of me with all the different matchup possibilities we're going to have within that conference now,
0: yeah, and I think with expansion, um, you know, you're, you, uh, Ar hit on this too, and it, it's a great point. I mean, he, he literally nailed all of this. Was that you're not worried if you're an Ohio State fan today? In maybe three or four years, you might, you might get it. And and and, and here's where here's where the Super Conference. I imagine this. Yeah. Okay. Let's say the SEC gets Texas and Oklahoma. And they say, well, if we can do that, can we go get Ohio State
1: in Michigan? And, and do then, you want to do that, though, if you're I Ohio mean, State in Michigan?
0: Yeah, I, I that there's an. I believe there are a lot of pros and cons mm-hmm. for all of that. Yep, there really are. Yeah. Okay, and. And, and that will be, that will be the fascinating portion as this unfolds is let's, let's be hypothetical here on the radio show and let's say, all right, Texas and Oklahoma is a done deal. They're going to look at, this year and next year you know give it a couple of years see how does it really work what are we getting out of it what are the pitfalls cuz you know there's going to be unintended consequences here for both those programs and maybe the SEC as a whole there's things you just cannot foresee right now that might happen and and we won't know it till we go through it and i think that's where ohio state and gene smith and everyone in that in that uh, athletic department and even overall as a school will look at this and say all right We fortunately don't have to worry about anything right now, but we need to keep our eyes and ears open on all of the things that go into uh, the results of this change, because Mm -hmm. you've got to believe that where that power is, they're going to come calling just on the interest level alone to say, well, if we can get the top two teams in the Big 12 conference, what's us to stop from going to try and get the top two in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there there is a lot, a lot that's Tone going there. to unfold.
1: ton yeah. there. And a, when you talk about the pros and cons, that's such an interesting conversation that you could have, especially from Ohio State's perspective, when you talk, start talking about the competitive stuff and what that does to your college football playoff chances. Because seeing a Alabama, Florida, Oklahoma, Texas, those teams multiple times a year, Do you want to take on that task if you don't need to and you have your own conference that you're probably going to dominate for a large chunk of time? And does that provide for you a cleaner path to the national championship. I happen to think it would, but there's also the other argument of the strength of your schedule and you probably being afforded two, maybe even three losses in certain situations, depending on who you play and when you play them and all that. So yeah, where we are right now, J Lou with college football and college athletics, it's a whole new world right now. It is completely a whole new world with the college football playoff with NIL. And now with this shift with two big brands leaving their con- Conference and joining what a lot of people think is the strongest conference when it comes to college football. It's going to be interesting, no doubt. What does this do to Notre Dame? You know what I mean? Do they lock in to a conference? Do they stay where they are? It's absolutely going to be fascinating. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that for sure. But the latest, no doubt, today is Oklahoma and Texas officially notified the Big 12 that they will not be renewing their media stuff uh, when that is set to expire in 2025. We did hear recently from star wide receiver Odell, and we touched on it a little bit to start the show about their offense, the AFC North, and where these young offenses are with these young quarterbacks outside of Big Ben, but this is the piece to me, man. This is the piece, at least offensively, that gets them right there with Kansas City. I already think they're there with Buffalo because I've got more questions about Buffalo then I think a lot of people do, at least from what I've heard, outside of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I don't know what really excites you that much, but hey, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But if this dude shows up and gives us not the Odell, from new york i don't think they need that guy but if they get half of that guy consistently i think the browns are going to be in a great great spot let's hear from odell on his mindset with running it back with this year's cleveland squad i came back for a reason um i I feel like we have a special opportunity you know i was down in
6: austin with bake and seeing him a few times since then just kicking it hanging out and uh it's just something that feels special about this team something that feels special um, as I said, but when I first got here, you know, I wanted it to be like the Patriots and you want to win Super Bowls. And it's like I watched them compete last year. Uh, and it was like the the one game that hurt me the most is, is watching Kansas City and feeling like, man, I just I know
1: that I could have made one play. or Just something to help the team. And- I love that he's in that mindset. I love that he is in. Hey, man, I realize what we got cooking up right now. And it smells really good in that kitchen right now. But there, I I could be that parsley. I could be that extra piece of garlic that you throw in the mix, J. Lou. And this dish can taste a lot better than what it already does. And I'm fully with him on that specific matchup because that's the one. It's can you get into a game with Kansas City and feel like you've got enough juice to go toe-to-toe with those dudes to where, to me, when you play Kansas City and they're fully healthy, you better rack up at least 24 to 28 points. Like That's the bare minimum, Mm -hmm. and I think consistently, you get a healthy Chubb, Hunt, and this dude out there, the balance that they're going to have... They're going to be afforded is going to be spectacular, in my opinion. And he gives them that spark, man. I saw the highlight the other day, J. Lou, of him taking that end around down in Dallas to the crib. And he runs away from Jalen Smith, who is a very athletic linebacker. Like, that's the dynamic they're missing. And they missed in that game. So I fully agree with him on that part of his comment. I just love his mindset where he is right now as far as viewing the team and where they are. Something special because I fully agree with him on that, too.
0: I'll wrap you with this up, Matty. I'll uh, play devil's advocate. I've not been a fan of his mentality and his attitude okay. in the first couple of years. Now he can he can right a lot of those wrongs if he's not as concerned with being the focal point, with realizing what what the success was last year. Yeah. And and if he wants to be a part, if he wants to fit in, and I'm gonna underline fit in. If he wants to do that, then I believe him that he'll do and sacrifice whatever needs to be done. To get the team to the ultimate prize. Until yeah. I see that, I'm not a believer. I need to see it. But if he's going to be talking this way, mm-hmm. then he needs to show me. And, and then if we have that, then yes, yeah, sky's the limit.
1: Totally fair. I think that's absolutely totally fair. Because to me, I think Odell is going to have to be happy with him maybe being the leading receiver and having what? 80 receptions for yeah. 950 and a, like I don't know what the numbers are going to look like can't imagine in Kevin Stefanski's offense that we're getting 100 plus receptions with 1200 yards or whatever it's going to be with a yeah. 17 game schedule like i don't know if that's going to be afforded to him so to your point is he going to be okay with those numbers not looking that way but the team really having some success no problem at all with you being in wait and see mode on odell right there but he's right there's really good vibes around this year's cleveland team just hoping everybody stays healthy and those guys can go out there and cook on sundays when we come back cb takes over Let's tell the truth time Roth and ice right here on the fan
3: Never short on opinions. Always short on class. Common Man and t Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan Ohio Sports Destination. Tell the Truth with Rothman and Ice.
5: CB, let's roll. All right, we talked a little bit about Deshaun Watson. It sounds like the Houston Texans are open to trading him if they can get the right price. Who knows what that's going to be at this point. But I just want to ask you in general... What is the percentage you want to put on that he plays a game? Or let's just say one snap for the Houston Texans this year. Zero. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was at 5%. That's Zero. what I Zero. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, then I'll update it. What is your percentage then, on he'll take a snap at all of this year? I'll 100%. S- oh, a snap this year? Yeah,
1: 100%. I was going to go 50 because he's going to have to end up on this commissioner's exempt list, some type of like s- suspension or something. I just have no idea what the suspension is going to look like. But yeah, J. Lou, like him missing the entire year. Yeah, I can't see it. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to crank that up to 100% as I've talked myself through that. Suspension for sure. Take a snap this year. I'll roll with you on a Honda.
5: And that, my boy, is a damn truth. All right. I think one of the best things about the Internet itself is Tom Brady's social media (laughs) team because this little clip of him throwing the football back into the jugs machine over and (laughs) over again, I really don't know whether to believe it's true or false. I've seen tons of people argue whether, yes, this is real or this looks obviously faked. What is your opinion? I think this is 100%
1: Uh, fake, J. Lou
5: oh man I, all
1: right i all think right. I think he's got an amazing squad that can cook <laughs> up things like this There's some type of c g i virtual stuff that's way over my head going on because when he releases the pig skin to me to my eyes, you can see it go in some type of four kind of virtual tunnel where the guardians of the galaxy they hit that thing and they go really fast like that <laughs> happens to the football. <laughs> Shortly after it leaves his hands, so I'm going to go 100 percent fake from Tommy on this.
0: Uh, I, I I was hoping it would be true. Uh, I can see where you get to on that. So as someone who has been around jugs uh, machines for a while since my my college days, uh, I I know how tight it is in there as far as being able to get you know baseballs through there to, to simulate some really high fly balls, you know, some line drives to to do some cuts and relays uh, for, for baseball practice. So I can only imagine what this thing looks like when it's shoot and we've seen plenty of hard knocks, right, Maddie, mm-hmm. where yeah. you know the guys are out there at point blank range doing the hand drills yeah. as far as receivers yeah. go and all that. So A to have the the literal thread the needle accuracy to put it in there, not once but what two, three times in a row for him to do this, <laughs> and then I love the walk off. Yeah. let's
3: go. Hey, of course, <laughs> Come like, on, it's like Tom just Brady, whatever.
0: The, the sun is setting, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Let's walk it off. Yeah, I wish. I wish it was. I wish it was real. But uh, I gotta believe that there is. Uh, uh, bravo and kudos to to his team for putting it together. Because at first glance, you want it as an athlete. You want it to be true. Like all right, uh, and I believe the the comment under it was like. Tom Brady is a sorcerer. <laughs> and yes, that would qualify.
1: Yes, it would. Oh, my goodness. And then when it falls to the ground, when the Jugs machine falls to the ground... Yeah. That's another moment you can tell this joint is fake because yeah. the way it falls to the ground and then shoots the ball right back up. Like I'm all for it. I love the yeah. idea of this, yeah. but he always cooks up J. Lou. Those really good kind of post game videos too. Yeah. Like when he's walking to the bus and they've got the graphics on it and the music underneath. Like obviously he ain't doing that. So he's got a great team around him. Another thing I've noticed is where he is for this video. He's at UCLA. And if I was a student at UCLA and I love sports, I would be hanging around there all summer every year that I was there. Because Just there's, to get a peek. there's so many dudes that go there to train. And you can see the yeah. UCLA logo there in the background in the end zone. It's always a pretty cool nugget, man, to see all these guys always at UCLA training in L.A. It's la-la, and I, I get it. Just remember, it's not a lie. If you believe
5: it, all right. Our fan poll, sponsored by Record Kia. What grade would you give the Jackets on their draft? An A, B, C, D, or F? Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I guess I. I
0: mean, Brian. Brian was kind of poo-pooing my enthusiasm for the, the trade with Seth Jones. Uh, I'm going to give it a B, B plus, because I'll agree with him on one thing, and and this is synonymous with most drafts, Maddie, is that. You gotta wait and see how the kids produce. You know, on yeah. paper you can on paper you can kill the draft. What do we say in football? Oh, he aced the press conference. <laughs> you know, he's going to be great. Yeah. Now you got to wait. You got to wait until you see what happens on the field. In this case, you got to wait until the the production on ice. But you can dream on it. So I'll give it a BB plus.
1: CB, as you were asking the question, we had a member of our team come in here and was talking to me as you were talking.
5: So I need the question one more time, please. Yeah, it's our daily fan poll, sponsored by Riker Key. It's great the draft for the CBJ.
1: Man, like I'll give it a strong can i give it a b plus like i don't know if i want to put an a on it but the feeling that i had you know waking up this morning and kind of recapping everything in my mind to me there's a really good vibe around it i know the cam thing still feels a little strange to me but everything else when you kind of check out what these dudes are and what they can be later down the road man I'll, i'll slap a b plus on this thing
5: You can't handle the truth. All right, one more quick one, because it seems like the Rogers story always just develops in new ways. So Mark Murphy was asked just recently at the shareholders meeting by the press if he has been confirmed that Rogers is going to report, and he says, no, I have not. So my question to you is, do you believe he will report to camp tomorrow?
0: dear God. Uh, my goodness, I mean, man. I mean, I mean how, uh, you talk about camping out at UCLA. How many <laughs> people are going to be camping out at Green exactly, Bay? Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> there will be tents out there right now all night. They're going to be out there. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I don't know what to believe. Shefty is coming on program. He has been adamant that he does not want to play at all for Green Bay again. And now we've got all this new news today. I think he'll be there tomorrow, J. Lou. I think we see him tomorrow. All right. Uh, Just for the fines
0: alone, or he's just got stupid money enough to be like, no, it's okay. Jeopardy will pick that up. We're good.
1: Uh, uh, the
3: truth shall set you free.
1: Maybe he does, J. Lou. He does this new thing, the hold in, not the hold out. To where Roll you're in. there, yeah. but you're not there, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like, oh, maybe yeah. that's what's going on. Because we touched on it earlier. Deshaun Watson doesn't show up. That's 50 grand a day for not being there. So maybe he's so disgruntled, so angry, that he's like, you know what? I want to save my money, but I'm going to show up. But mentally, I'm not going to be here. Like, his vibe is... Can't wait to see how that unfolds because you saw this weekend, or did you see this yeah. weekend, what he yeah. and Devonte did on their Instagrams? Right. With the Pippin and Jordan. No oh, doubt. Yeah. The last dance stuff going on. We had that uh, story earlier a few months ago to where I guess Aaron Rodgers may reference Brian Goodikens as Jerry Krause. So that kind of Chicago Bulls mm. angle of this mm. story continues to unfold. Can't imagine that we get green bay and aaron Rodgers attached to each other beyond this year but the headline no doubt tomorrow morning will be whether or not he shows up to green bay the latest if you're just hopping in in rapaport saying people close to Rodgers think this dude's going to be at training camp so we will all see because it has been a wild ride with the reigning mvp when we come back We'll talk to Brad Crawford. He covers college football for 24-7 sports. We'll chop it up with him about a lot of things surrounding college football. Rothman and Ice, right here on The Fan.
3: Constantly interrupting valuable airtime to sell $3 stickers. What a business plan. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Insightful and thought-provoking sports conversation for your lunch hour. You're listening to Rothman and
1: Ice. Welcome back in, Matty Ice, Jensen Lewis, chopping it up with you today. Time for us to head back out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Talk to our guy, Brad Crawford, covers college football for 24-7 Sports. Brad, what's going on, man? How you doing?
6: Hey, man, I have found a quiet spot here in Magic Kingdom. I didn't know those existed, but I'm ready to talk to a very busy month in college football.
1: Thanks so much for doing that. You know, the headliner, I think, across the sport at the moment is the Texas and OU News. But I want to lock in on the conference that they're trying to leave. The Big 12, the existence of the Big 12 moving forward. Your take on what the heck that conference is going to look like here in the next few years?
6: Yeah, man, I think the rest of the league sees sort of the writing on the wall. You know, it's a matter of time before the Big 12 looks entirely different or, you know, could fold all together. There's been talk of the Big 12 reaching out to teams from the American Athletic, you know, such as UCF and Houston and Memphis, those kind of programs. And and then, you know, the remaining uh, eight teams in the Big 12 are are looking to jump as well. We've heard, you know, West Virginia today. AAC through our sources as well as TCU and Oklahoma State and some other teams of the Pac-12 so I think the Big 12 is sort of in a dangerous spot right now where as maybe two or three seasons from now it could not exist
0: Brad, it's Jensen. Uh, I, I want to also look at another team maybe on the outside of this, and, and I guess I'll qualify outside because Notre Dame uh, has uh, contractually tied to, to the ACC through 2036 as far as their grant of rights deal. So uh, if they were to, to try and, and get out of that to, to be part of a super conference, I'm sure uh, that that you know fine would be exorbitant. Uh, is there a scenario in which, and again, I know we're, we're kind of hypothesizing here, where – if we see one domino fall with Texas and OU, that it eventually comes to like four super conferences, you know, where you have maybe 20 teams in each with the addition of power five and group of five schools, where it's the only way to really kind of balance it out instead of having just one super conference in the SEC.
6: It could certainly happen. You know, based on what I was told over the weekend from some sources in Charlotte around the ACC was, you know, that league right now is not looking to expand, but if the SEC you know, goes to 20 to 24 teams like um, some insiders are reporting, the ACC certainly would make a move. Uh, As you mentioned, Notre Dame being contractually obligated to the ACC, you know, this is a conference that Notre Dame makes a very smart decision to, you know, join the ACC. It would be financially imperative for the ACC to get a huge program like Notre Dame. Obviously the uh, tradition that the Irish would bring, but yeah, if Notre Dame does join a Power Five conference. I think it would be only the ACC, and obviously both sides of that coin would be very happy about that situation.
1: We're talking to Brad Crawford who covers college football for 24-7 sports. I want to go back to Texas and OU with you and their move over to the SEC. Is there any – I don't want to ask this. Do one of these teams benefit more By going to the SEC, any reason to believe Texas would benefit more, Oklahoma would benefit more by going to the SEC, or do you view that as a balanced thing for both of them uh, making that transition?
6: Yeah, I think there's pros and cons on on both sides of the coin. You know, from the SEC standpoint, I kind of see both ends of it. Decision makers within that league, you know, they recognize that the addition of two storied programs like OU and Texas essentially already makes that league a super conference at, at 16 teams but I don't think expansion is going to be over for that league with just those two. You know, on the other hand, man, I've I've seen a contingent of SEC fans who have bombarded my inbox this week, you know, <laughs> letting me know that they sort of worry about college football's future and, you know, how it's going to look with a league that maybe 3 or 4 years from now is so watered down with new teams that it's no longer the Southeastern Conference, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, trying to project the new cycling college football man right right now is like trying to hit a moving target. <laughs> Things are so fluid and changing by the day.
0: Yeah, Brad, that's a, that's well said, and uh, I'll I'll kind of follow up with.
1: I think we may have lost them there, Brad. We're talking to Brad Craw- Crawford, covers college football for 24-7 sports. Staying in the SEC and this year from football kind of X and O stuff, wanted to ask you about LSU. I saw Coach O last week at Media Days kind of hyping up a couple quarterbacks that they had there in the fold that could get them uh, into kind of a championship mode, get them to a championship level. Your thoughts on kind of LSU Trying to gain some traction here after they kind of kind of fell off a little bit from that 2019 season. What's LSU bring to the table offensively this year?
6: Yeah, I think Coach O went into Hoover. I was I was there at SEC Media Days with a sort of quiet uh, swagger about him. I thought Kirby Smart sort of had that same deal. I think Coach O knows that he needs to win this season. You know, coming off that national title two years ago and going five and five last year. There's 18 starters back, and like you mentioned, Coach O is very confident in a quarterback room beginning with Miles Brennan, he's likely the starter. You know, two, two really solid players there. Johnson last season as a freshman beat Florida on the road, you know, during his uh, three starts. So LSU should be very good at quarterback. And then you have, you know, two of the best cornerbacks in college football on the opposite side of the ball, and Derek Stingley and Eli Ricks, two guys are, who might go first round here in 2022. So LSU's a team. The schedule, obviously, is not conducive to success when you're in the SEC West, but the Tigers are talented enough within that two deep that I think they could challenge for maybe 10 wins this season.
0: Brad, last one from me. apologize for that. Uh, I think there's going to be a a lot of people that take this football season as maybe a a prelude to the future, and I'm talking specifically of Ohio State and probably Michigan as the top two most attractive schools as far as not only college football but college basketball, if indeed the SEC, as you alluded to, may not be done with expansion on Texas and Oklahoma. In any case – uh, is there a way that Ohio State and Michigan just say, you know, you know what, we want to remain the class of the Big Ten, and we're going to try and recruit from these other conferences? I don't think they can go any get anyone from the ACC. But is there a way that Ohio State and Michigan do not leave the Big Ten if the SEC comes calling?
6: I'll tell you what, that'd be that'd be a scary scenario for the Big Ten if you you saw those two uh, heavyweights leave for the SEC. It, w- it would no longer be called the SEC at that point. You might as well just call it the you know, the the Super 24 or wherever we at at that point and just have your own playoff system. I mean, there's just so many unknowns, fellas, over the next two years on on how this expansion is going to unfold. I mean, just a month ago, the major storyline in college football was college football playoff expansion, and now all of a sudden we're talking about Pangea and and super conferences within this game. So, no, I I don't think there's any way Ohio State and Michigan leave the Big Ten, and if that were to happen, the Big Ten wouldn't be the Big Ten anymore, you know?
1: No doubt. We'll get you out of here on this one. You mentioned you were at SEC Media Days last week. I asked you about LSU. If I pose a question to you, an SEC team that may not be getting a ton of hype right now, but you think will be a solid team towards the end of the season, who would that team be out of the SEC for you?
6: I think it's Kentucky. I think Mark Stoops has a roadmap to nine wins, possibly potentially upsetting, you know, one of those top teams in the East, whether it's Georgia or Florida. They're, they're going to be better at quarterback. They have nine starters back defensively, uh, very very deep at both you know line of scrimmage, offensive and defensive lines. And then the top impact transfer in the SEC, in my opinion, is not Eric Gilbert at Georgia. It's Juan Robinson, the running back slash wide receiver from Nebraska, who joins mm-hmm. Mark Stoops' team. He's he's going to put up you know fifteen hundred all purpose yards. I think the Wildcats are gonna surprise
1: some folks. It's good stuff. He's Brad Crawford, covers college football for twenty four seven sports. Go follow him on Twitter at B Crawford two four seven. Brad, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day, man, to talk to us. Appreciate it. Have a good one, all right? Thanks, Brad. Thanks, man, guys. All right, take it easy. Jay Lou, before we hit a break, I have to get your take on the J RAM situation because I've been asked yeah. again since I have you on the show, uh, what should Cleveland Guardian fans? Is that what we're rolling? Did I see that? Yes, <laughs> we're rolling Guardian. as of next Cleveland year. Guardian, yes we fans, are. <laughs> should they be expecting any type of movement on J Ram here in the next couple of days? No. Okay. Uh that is that is a
0: pipe dream. Okay. Uh, because of what his uh what his price tag will be, uh highly unlikely uh that J Ram gets moved by Friday.
1: Okay, there you go. Thanks for that. When we come back, we'll finish the show with an NFL two minute drill. Rothman and Ice right here on the fan.
3: Checkpoint XP, your ultimate source for esports and competition. Friday night at 10. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. It's time for the NFL Two Minute Drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today.
1: All right, J. Lou, let's head up to the land. Got some unfortunate news for the Browns, at least for right now. Mm hmm. The squad put Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa on the COVID-19 reserve list. So, obviously, you know, it's still out there. We're not done dealing with these type of things. Um, I can't wait to see this guy play. I thought it was one of my favorite draft picks of the entire draft for any team. And, J. Lou, I don't know how you think about this, but to me, I like when teams acknowledge a weakness but at the same time try to address going up against superstar players in your division. What I mean by that is when you have a Lamar Jackson, you have a Patrick Mahomes, you have a Tom Brady in your division, when you draft, you better have those guys in mind, in my opinion, for certain selections. And I think this is the type of guy that when you play in the AFC North and you know you've got Lamar and his wiggle and his running ability all over the place, everything we've been told about young jock for the Browns now is that he's an athletic guy. He can go sideline to sideline. You can move him around as a chess piece on the defensive side of the ball. And if you look at what the Chargers were able to do a few years ago with Derwin James going up against a young Lamar Jackson, he was that chess piece that gave them fits. I don't know if that's why they took a guy like Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, but it would make sense if they had that in mind because you know Lamar's probably not going anywhere for a while. So let's get a guy on defense who brings a skill set in that could possibly – Slow down such a strength of a team in our division.
0: Makes a lot of sense, right? And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, he's past this uh, COVID issue yep. here in the next ten to fourteen days, and uh, and and then he's able to get into camp and and really start to go. You know, the crazy thing of the schedule because the Browns play the Ravens before their bye week, and then they have them right after their mm-hmm. bye week. So you <laughs> mm-hmm. you're gonna get you're gonna get back to back right there. Uh, and, and however those teams are going into the break, yeah, uh, that's going to be a fascinating development because of how they play in that first game and what adjustments will happen literally after that bye week
1: so many new faces on the defensive side of the rock for cleveland that game last year up in cleveland was an entertaining game bunch of points on the scoreboard lamar having to have a bathroom break and all that it was absolutely entertaining i think the future of this division with the young quarterbacks right now it's going to be some good stuff happening in the afc north for years to come, J. Lou, I don't know about you. I don't care about the story about the wristband stuff with vaccinated players in Tampa. I just, I don't know. I, I can't care about things like this. I hope everyone stays healthy, but what wristbands these dudes are wearing, for me as a fan, when it comes to kicking training camp off, I could care less about this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's uh, to each their own. I mean, again, we're, we're going to be in interesting territory with the new NFL protocols about Teams forfeiting yeah. uh, if uh, they have too many guys uh, with the the COVID issue and they can't field yeah. uh, uh, a, a a team with the, the minimum numbers there. So trying to get ahead of it, and and, and each player is entitled to their own decision there. So. Yeah. Uh, it, that That is a subplot to this season, not just with one team, but with the entire league. The,
1: uh, the league came out swinging, didn't they? They came they out sure swinging did. with that stuff. They ain't messing around. And look, I understand the pushback from guys that aren't comfortable with it. I understand both sides of this thing. I'm just hoping that when we get into the season, we don't have nowhere near as many hiccups as we had a, a year ago. Coming out of Arizona, pretty popular name, Chandler oh, yeah. Jones. He's yeah. requesting a trade. And this was interesting to me that he would want out of Arizona right now because the vibe to me around the Cardinals is that, hey, we're kind of. Yeah, we're at the beginning (laughs) of some exciting stuff starting to happen. This isn't a guy that's been around forever in Arizona and just been getting drove through the mud with some really bad teams. He just got there a couple of seasons ago, and now he wants out. He's set to make $15.5 million in the final year of his contract. But if you're a playoff contender, if you're the Bills, if you're the Ravens, if you're another team maybe on the AFC side of things, which would make uh, Arizona comfortable with trading with you, like this is a name you go out and get. So if you're in win-now mode, J. Lou, I would be all over this dude, man. He is impact and then some, yeah. right? And and at $15.5 million? Yeah you'll take
0: it. Uh, That's a bargain. Yeah, for
1: sure. You'll take it all day long. It's just, man, I thought with J.J. Watt coming in and them A.J. Green and some veterans there, like there's been some young pieces there. Seems like they're ready to roll, but hey, maybe he's looking around that division and saying, you know what? Maybe chasing around Russell Wilson and Trey (laughs) Lance. I'm a little tired of (laughs) it. I mean, you know It ain't that fun out here in the NFC West. What else do I have cooking up for you, man? The Tom Brady thing's got everybody going nuts. We mentioned that. We mentioned Sam Hubbard's deal earlier. If you're just now hopping in, latest on aaron Rodgers is that people close to him uh think he's planning to play for the packers this year we will see if he shows up there but jay lou man i can't wait to see how this unfolds i really can't because this is the headline story around the league right now and this is a team that has been right there the last couple of seasons playing in an nfc title game winning 13 games apiece in both of those seasons you take this dude out of the mix you got problems because nobody knows what the heck Jordan Love can bring to the table.
0: All right, let me throw this at you. Yep. So let's assume that uh, Aaron Rodgers does not play for the Packers this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, Ar's uh, Minnesota Vikings have to become your favorite oh, yes. uh, in the NFC North. Yeah. Uh, they could they could have been had uh, at what around like plus two sixty five to win the North. And again, that was before this morning when we've really got an idea that maybe maybe. Mm-hmm glimmer of hope style yeah. uh, is that uh, Aaron Rodgers would suit up. Yeah. Uh, but I like your analogy of he's going to hold in. Yeah. So he's going to go so he doesn't get fined. Yeah. But he ain't going to show no. as far
1: as like, hey, all right, I'm here. I reported. I did what I had to do. Yeah. But nah, you ain't getting me. And a large piece of this for me, large part of the conversation for me has always been Devontae Adams in the background because he's due up for a new deal. We had the report that they have axed conversations with an extension. They're not even conversating about that. So how they have treated Aaron Rodgers to me has always had a ripple effect on how Devontae Adams is viewing the front office and how they treat their star players. So a very scary scenario if you're a Packers fan to where, yeah, we got some good news today about him possibly showing up but the long-term view of this our two best players may not be suiting up for the green and yellow ever again Again, that's a scary thing to think of right now. A lot of drama coming out of Wisconsin right now. That is today's NFL two-minute drill. J. Lou, where can we catch you and what time on TV tonight?
0: Uh, we're off tonight, so we okay. got a little two-game series against St. Louis. Uh, we'll be on at six thirty tomorrow, and then matinee for you at twelve thirty on Wednesday. Another off day. It feels like the NBA. Yeah, man. You know, you day off, play a game. Day off, play two. Day off. I like it. I
1: like the little. Sixty-two, of, baby.
0: That's right. After going thirty of thirty-one, yeah. uh, we need a little bit of
1: a breather here. So yeah, they're hanging in. we well, enjoy the night off, my man. It's always fun chopping it up with you. Thanks for your time. You too, listeners. Thanks for your time as well, everybody. Listen, have a great day. We'll hit you up tomorrow.
2: Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.